Hey, what's going on guys? Phil here and I'm about to sit down and have a wonderful podcast with Mike aka MDM0. You guys know him. He is a shoutcaster for the MechWare Online World Championships for three years. He's a fantastic guy and I will say I think this is probably one of my best podcasts. Uh, if you have time, sit around, listen to this and of course you guys can listen to it via SoundCloud as well. I have all these links down below. This is a pretty long conversation and we dive into everything from MW and its current state, some of the conversations that have just came up uh, from Russ and PGI, and we, we dive in there. And I like I said, I think uh, this is probably one that you're going to enjoy. So sit back, relax. And of course, don't forget, you can catch me streaming live on Twitch Monday through Friday, 12 to 6 p.m. And of course, that is twitch.tv forward slash NGNGTV. All right, guys, enjoy the podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Phil here with Podcast 207. Today's guest is, well, it's Mike, a.k.a. MDM Zero, the commentator for the MWO WC uh, for the past, uh, what, three, I think, world championships? We had 2016, yep. 17, and 18. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. All right. And obviously, we don't have your compatriot, and we'll just take a moment of silence that he's not here. Bandit. Miss you, buddy. Yeah, I I think uh, retirement is suiting both Bandit and I very well, so <laughs> yeah. we're not too upset about it. I mean, it was a good time, though. I mean, yeah. you guys work. I mean, I guess, okay, let's go down that memory lane. Like, how was that for you guys? Like, going, like, looking back? Honestly, like... um, literally a dream come true. I feel like I could have never in a million years have imagined that playing Mech Warrior would have led to something like that. Um, getting to do it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh, and I'd like to think that I've done some cool things, but uh, just being a part of the community, being a, a, a part of the community during such a great time for MechWarrior when everything was just growing and it was going to be great and so on. It was, it was a lot of fun and being able to like actually meet folks meeting you phil meeting people you know all across the community some of the streamers just really great people and being able to like you know put a face yeah. to some of the names some of the people that you interacted with for years uh was was really cool yeah i was gonna say me and you were on flights together like we showed up yeah. to the airport i was like oh hey what's up dude and um i i thought it was just wild i would always each time we went uh would wear my you know no guts no galaxy t-shirts sort of thing or sweat or whatever i had you know um and the closer we got to vancouver the more people <laughs> would come up to me like on my flight and be like oh are you going to metcon sort of thing and uh yeah i had flights with you i had flights with uh bb wolf for whatever yep. reason yeah. every every year i went bb wolf yeah. was on my flight yeah. at least one of them yeah and we we don't live in the same part. It was of the I think States. it was Chicago, right? It was Chicago. I, I flew yeah. into Chicago and then we go to Chicago. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it's been. It it's was, an adventure. It was a really neat experience. I, it was cool. Like from our perspective too, is like seeing like how you guys got better and better. Like you guys were good already with just yeah. the, you know like when you guys were doing um the MRBC shout casting and that's you know we'll get into that in a second but like that's not why we chose you i mean you guys were the best there were a few others later on that yep. started picking up and doing things but like 
you guys did something like the pitcher and pitcher. You guys, one person can. Con- I mean, you you had it locked down, and that and that and that showed. And you know, like I think it was really cool that we were able to bring you back year after year. And I think even the last year, like there was there was a little bit of like, well, should we get someone new? And we we're like, no, like don't <laughs> don't try to hire it because originally it was like, well, we'll bring someone from the outside of the community to do it. Like they wanted like a. Mm, yeah and it was we were like no don't it's that would be horrible like use what no <laughs> so i'm so glad yeah. that didn't happen because it would have been a complete like it's like someone getting up there and you know they have no idea what they're talking about and it's like yeah so what if they're an esports commentator they don't play this game it would it it have been shit it would have been horrible it, so i i think you know i, I don't want to obviously pat myself on the back too much I, I do think bandit and i got a lot better um as years goes on i still remember metcon 2016 the very first time walking out on that stage and you know me personally i have stage fright um i was a musician through you know all through school and everything uh and that was always something that was very hard for me as a musician was stage fright and yeah. for those of anyone who played in band in high school and stuff i i played low brass i was in i was always in the back back low brass always in the back of the band right so i'm not at the front of the stage we go out in 2016 if you remember that that arena or or venue you know the scout casting was like this little booth yeah like kind of you walk down like a pathway off the stage and and there's the booth there and i remember our first match bandit and i flubbed it i mean (laughs) if you go back and look honestly it was it was not good we were disjointed we were at a at a sink and as the match went on, as you remember, you know, those were best of fives, best of sevens. And as we kind of went on in that series, we, we started finding our rhythm a little bit. And I, I distinctly remember coming backstage and um, I think I think it was Matt, actually, uh, one of the PGI employees had the Twitch stream up on a computer off stage. And like, guys, come here, come here. And he's like, we're on the front page of Twitch. You've got 7000 people watching. And I was like, man, I I literally just came to terms with the 500 people watching the stage and you're going to come great. back here and tell yeah. me I've got 7,000 people watching at home, you know, yeah. but as we went on, we got better. Yeah. And that being said, the thing that I always enjoyed, you know, that I think helped bandit and I, and we were early on, you know, there was, um, the magician, some of the SJR guys, right. Remember the old, uh, what was it? Uh, war room yep. that they would do those old, you know, they were the first, right. Yeah. We picked it up and MRBC, but I think it helped us that Bandit and I came from the same unit. We had played competitively together, which I know you wanted to get into, but I don't want to discount the fact that there were so many people who picked it up as we went on, who helped us out even as the world championships, you know, got bigger and bigger uh, and developed a lot of really cool tools that we used. You know, there were people behind the scenes giving us a lot of help and doing that too. Um, So it wasn't just us, which, you know, you got to keep that in mind. That's a hurdle too, because I mean, how I looked at viewing the game, especially it was difficult at times because especially when yeah. stuff was so fast, because you're looking at one part, you know, uh, of an engagement or a standoff or whatever, but all of a sudden the lights move up. And I mean, how many times, like there's been some pretty epic moments where you guys yeah. <laughs> were just watching like the Jenner or something. And then someone pulls off some epic heads. It, but it happened so quick. And I feel like that was yeah. always one of the most difficult things um, with shout casting because not only that, but just the viewability and the tools definitely improved. That did take a while. I know that was a, that was a big 
it was yeah. a hindrance to things and then you know viewability as far as like ui and uh, being able to switch between you know characters um and effectively that that was mm-hmm. so it definitely went and through I, its stages i think one of the most underrated things to be honest with you one of my favorite things lately uh for those of you who know me or have you know interacted some of my former unit mates etc um i've gotten really into rocket league in my retirement and so i'm going a little off off track here i know this is all about mech warrior no, that's fine. Um, but one of the things i love about rocket league is it has a huge esports scene yeah. Um, to the point where I remember uh, in the spring, they were on ESPN. Yep. And I don't mean ESPN's Twitch channel. I don't mean ESPN2. I mean ESPN. The ESPN. Main, yeah. main ESPN. Uh, but it made me realize in some ways the uniqueness of shoutcasting a game like MechWarrior. And I think you were touching on it a bit. There's so much strategy. There's so much positioning, you know, and it's, yep. It's really uh, almost like a, a variable pace throughout an individual match, right? The beginning of the match is all about the mech lab, basically. What did you bring? And yep. what did you bring tells you what strategy you're doing. And the advantage of folks like us shoutcasters is we can see both sides, yep. whereas the other team, they're trying to scout that out, figure yep. out you know what deck they're running. And then it's all about positioning, right? Can you sure. get to the right position? Can you force the engagement on your terms? And then the engagement happens, and all of a sudden, it might be some initial trades, some back and forth damage. But like you said, there's that moment that that inflection point in the match where things just start happening real fast. And I think as a shoutcaster, that was always kind of an underrated thing. You couldn't keep the same pace throughout an individual game, sure, because there were these variations in yeah, like ebb how and flow. quickly information was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, being there too, that was another thing that like I really admired um, the level. Like I say that like I'm a decent player and I know I probably could have played competitive if obviously yeah. at the time too, it wasn't, you know, like we we weren't allowed. Uh, but it was one of those things where you appreciate the nuances and like positioning of watching these guys because like it's all about when they set up then they start finding like okay that grasshopper's got your larges and he's got this angle you know cut off and like okay well especially like canyon and terminal land a lot of the maps that you see over and over you realize it's because they have like these these points where it allows you to collect all the information of oh well they're moving this way or they're trying to push this way and the cool thing too it's unique about um the competitive scene for mech war is it's a battle of attrition at the highest level. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, just like with anything, you're capitalizing on people's mistakes, but it it's just this like, it's this weird finite point, but sometimes it gets to this point where it's like, how do they know? Boom. And then they push. Like, it's like, yeah. okay, they've taken enough damage. I think we've got this. We just apply pressure, apply pressure, apply pressure. And anyways, we've seen some really cool matches. And, uh, you know, even the last world tourney where, um, you know, I mean, we had someone win that, uh, not the underdogs per se, but you know, and we're always shoot, uh, rooting for the underdogs too. Like, I mean, yeah. 228 a few times, the first 228 that got there, they were the underdogs and everybody wanted them to do really well. And, and yeah, anyways, and they yeah. were a good team, but yeah, they, they were. were some really good teams yeah. uh, that year. I think for me, when I was watching, you know, and shoutcasting these competitive tournaments, competitive at the highest level for me, for MechWarrior Online, really embodied. I thought what was best about this game. I know there's always been the talk and and I'm going to upset some people here, you know, about information warfare, you know, how can you make 
lights have a role? How can you make mediums and assaults and heavies have a role? And in some ways to me, one of the ways to do that was to, or not to do that, but one of the ways that that occurred was at this highest level of gameplay because your lights do have a role. If your lights aren't getting you information within the first minute of a match, you've lost in the highest level competitive gameplay. If you don't know what you're facing within that first minute, it's over, yeah. right? That's information warfare. Unfortunately, you know, we can't just say, oh, well, it works great, you know, when the best of the best play. So therefore, it's great for the game as a whole. Yeah. Uh, but it was always kind of fun to watch that and, and the edge that these players brought to the field that they had, you know, that little tactical decisions, positioning things. And then you get down to some of the best players in the world. You stick them, you know, in, like you said, in a Jenner or, or you know, a Firestarter, whatever, light mech or something, and have them just come running, screaming through the enemy team. And they just get that precision back shot that takes down a key yeah. mech. And all of a sudden the game's won. Yeah. You know, it, it, that was always really cool to see and just the different strategies that they tried yeah. to do. It was just a it was almost like watching a different game for in some ways. Right. You oh, know, versus yeah. Just uh, a solo queue experience. We all yes. know what that's like in Mech Warrior and that organized competitive play it was a lot of fun. It was yeah. it was really neat to see. And, you know, speaking of I mean, we can dive into that as far as like, um, you know, the competitive scene the interaction we've had throughout the years, one of the things I've yeah. witnessed from being on the inside was uh, from the beginning there, I mean, there was a lot of frustration back in the day too, because you guys were trying to, it's like force us, you know, a square through a circle where we didn't have game lobbies yet, you know, like yep. we, and the community wanted it. And there was a lot of Ooh. angst about that. And it was like, PGI, you're, you just don't want this to succeed. Why aren't you doing this? The game and, and being on the backside of that and, knowing like well they just haven't got to it yet you guys gotta yeah. be patient and like telling someone to be patient it's like yeah that doesn't, doesn't work well and it doesn't work well it's, even yeah. if it's like a hundred percent valid uh it's like hey yeah. guys don't worry it'll it um priority is a difficult thing for devs and players to swallow sometimes i think on that yeah. one but i, I uh, think so yeah, but I've seen a shift, and and I said this uh, uh, talking about in the past where when I was I was talking to uh, uh, Bearclaw because that's he got involved with the comp scene, and there was some tumultuous periods of we've seen him grow up, which is really weird yeah. but cool, um, <laughs> kind of cool, <laughs> right? It is weird, cool. Yeah. It's very weird, yeah. And um, but like I remember this rift in the community of the comp scene because there was a lot of and. And I think this is all relative to the conversations we're going to have today, which is uh, with, you know, MWO, uh, the podcast we did with Russ uh, Hatton mm -hmm. and Darren and the topics of them dumping money back into the game and what does the community want. And but I go back yeah. to this time frame where the, the comp scene in general or I would say high level of play, it doesn't even have to do with the comp players, just like really good players. Um, there was a lot of like negativity that went on and like they were like why don't you listen to us you know hey if you just yeah. listen to this and now it's we've came full circle where it's like pgi is like hey we want to listen to you guys and ever there's people there's not as many people left anymore than there used to be you know because a lot of people have moved on so i wanted to have you on because i feel like you bring a perspective of you're a comp player yourself maybe not currently but you've played at that yeah. level um yeah. the understanding of maybe the the mental aspect of why you may feel a certain way about a certain, you know, game design or balance change or decision that PGI makes, but also the fact of, you know, your experience with casting, 
Um, and yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you feel about that podcast? Like it, there, there's a lot going on there, but what was yeah. your initial reactions? Were you like some of the others, which is like, it's too late or was it like, uh, you know, you know, that's, that's tough to say for me. I think I always welcome, right. Anyone who's looking for community feedback, obviously I've been playing the game. Uh, for those of you that remember, actually, this is, we'll, we'll really go to blast the past. I started playing the game right after it came out of closed beta. Yep. Um, it was the time, and actually, I started playing it, and I stopped initially when I played it uh, because of the polygon bug. If you ever remember the Beef's Party Back video, yeah. in the Beef's Party Back video, there's the polygon bug, bug in there. I had that bug, and I stopped playing for like a couple months because of it because I was like, I, I can't play. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen the Beast video, it's when literally the center of your screen is all the colorful polygons just floating around and you can't see anything. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing since then, which uh, I don't know what. 2012? 2012 time yeah, frame. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I started, I joined a unit, got in competitive, played up through competitive. Um, certainly for any competitive players watching, anyone from the old Imperial, SGR, any of those days, you remember we got as far as MRBC uh, Div B got our butts handed to us, and and we were always a you know a mid tier comp yeah. team. So I don't want to give the impression that I was at the level of these you know world championship teams. But uh, you know being involved in the scene, we were admins and MRBC etc. I, I think we had at least a pulse on the scene, and I think you're right. There was very much a um, I don't want to say a rift, but there was it's two different oh, yeah. schools of thought. Yeah, you know, was, there was a rift. High tier player. Yeah, maybe a yeah, rift, there was, right? I'm trying to be well, political here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we had that at the time, GG Close and all that too. And that, cre- yeah. that it it just it just created this it, huge rift. It definitely one particular unit. You know who you yes. are. <laughs> we know we know what happened. Um, um but I, you know, so yeah, it, it's a little bit of a mixed feeling for me because one, you know, having followed through the game for so long and seen you know, so many changes, right? So much evolution over time. This is very much a mature game in terms of its, you know, development, et cetera. Um, and so it's difficult for me to see, okay, how do you how do you make positive changes without some major shifts? Because in my personal view, and I'm sure, you know, we can touch on this more, uh, the number one thing the game needs more than anything else is players, sure. right? Uh, I think all discussions have to be centered on how do you get more players uh, because that makes everyone's lives easier. You know, player, you know, as a player, it makes my life easier because it, you know, gives more, uh, there's a larger community. There's more people to interact with. Um, but really the key thing comes down is to match quality, matchmaking yeah. things that you can do. Right. Uh, and in regards to that all comes down to player base. So I like the idea of, of putting more money in, I guess I'm, a little bit maybe a old jaded vet where I'm like, let's see what happens before I sure. get too excited about it. Sure. Um, That's a hundred percent valid though. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I'd love to see the game grow more. I mean, obviously I don't play as much as I used to. I don't play very much at all anymore right now. Um, but when I sign on, it's, it's interesting to me how much, has changed in terms of the players and the experience and how much hasn't changed and both good and bad ways. Well, I mean, you've been around pretty much from the beginning then. And it's from someone who was also, again, behind the scenes, um, you know, being involved with the quirks at the beginning and setting that. But even before 
it's interesting because like I have these hindsight 2020 like yeah. parts now where it's like, you know, uh, I think the decisions that were made for balance, it was good initiative, but bad judgment and didn't have necessarily the right. Uh, it, it was like a narrow, like, hey, we'll fix this little thing and yeah, this will dress. But the reality of it is they didn't have the big picture because like, you know, like even even if you go back to one of the earliest metas, which was what? Uh, Peep, AC5, UAC5 back in the day, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Cataphract, the old, 3 Delta, uh, the Dragon Cata Slayer. Cataphract, Dragon Slayer. Right. Yeah. Which by the way, I still feel like the Dragon Slayer, you want like, they've done a really good job of not pay to win. Let's be, let's be real. Yeah. That mech reigned for a very, very yep. long time. Can I you imagine back in the day, Cataphract 3D competitive mech driving that barn door, uh, you know, for so long, right? That that mech was, it was competitive. It was the yeah, it was the pinnacle. But okay, yeah, so let's it, let's let's talk about that though. Like, I, I think the reason why is because we didn't you didn't have a ton of choices right back then. Yeah, there was there was limited choice as far as mechs. Tech was different before double heat sinks and then after and then there was a distinct split between the comp scene because at this time um it was before i found out i really couldn't play competitive i had uh, not joined sjr but i was trying to be a part of the team so i was yeah. dropping with them a lot and, and learning and stuff but there was a split between the like do you take an xl on a victor or do you not take an xl on a victor mm -hmm. and there was like some i think the eu guys said uh, yes or no. I forgot exactly what it was, but like you had this split between even oh, yeah. SJR. Um, the the hit to pop tarting, I think, was one of. I think Ghost Heat was the first inkling that I still feel like it's a band aid. It never fixed the at the heart of it. And then pop tarting, I feel like, was the very first where things started to. I won't, I won't say go downhill, but we're, it was the incorrect decision in the grand scheme of things because, like, them, they nerfed jump jets to where yep. jump jets still, and this is at least what, five, four years later, jump jets still. Yeah, probably five, five years right? later at this it's, point, right? That's never been addressed. And then yep. pop tarting itself, it's funny because in some ways it's back in some forms with ATMs. You see peeps now, three peeps and this yeah. and that, but like, there's counters now. Back then, that was the problem. There was no counters for, yeah. Uh, pop it was tarting. the it was the only strategy you could use was pop tarting. It was that was all of competitive play, and I think it was you know that was a difficult one. You know, it caused such a rift, right? Because it was the only strategy you could use. But it was it was as far as strategies go, a, a high skill strategy. Oh, it was right? very skilled. Yes. So you know you you kind of by having that be the only strategy, every top tier player was pop tarting. But then everyone they were running up to who couldn't pop tart was automatically at an instant disadvantage. Yes. And I have mixed feelings about this because one, mm. I firmly believe there should be more options to do. But yes. two, I personally also don't like the concept of balancing uh, around evening out skill levels. Yes. Right. I'd rather just not be playing against someone who's not in my skill level rather than adjusting the balance so that someone who's not in my skill level can play at the same 100%. level that I can. Yeah. And, and peep the pop turning was the first skilled. I mean, you had to, you, you had to be so precise with it yep. and some of the players and I got good at it as well. And other, you know, they make it look 
easy or whatever. But then you have a wide skill gap between people. And and I feel like it's the only time MWO has ever had the almost like a regular shooter, like sniper rifle landing your shots yeah. sort of thing. And when you play these other games, and I, and I bring this up, like it's, it's like watching it's like watching um, Shroud play Apex or any of these games. He can go a one on four and come out on top. You couldn't do that currently in MWO, really. You really can't. Yeah, you can't. But back then with Pop-Tarting, you could really influence match because also, too, is the tech mechs weren't as fast as far as like the overall speed lights. Uh, yep. Jenners were going to be running XLs. So if you popped that 30 alpha into the side torso, they take another hit. Probably out of They're the done. match. Yeah. So like I, I feel like that's where things started changing, and I and I feel like hindsight's twenty twenty, but I feel like this is sort of relevant to the conversation, which is balance when it comes to the game and what do players want to see. I I think the uh, term you you used is uh, it's sort of like making everyone the same, right? You take balance and uh, you you, you want to bring it down to the lowest common den- or most common denominator, which is your everyday mm-hmm. Joe Schmo. But in doing so, I feel like it took away the uniqueness of combat. And that also the problem back then is the reason there was no counters was because hit reg issues with SRMs, ballistics yep. still weren't really there. And you couldn't boat them. Yeah. That was and, really it. Yeah. And all we had was LRMs and SRMs. We didn't have MRMs yep. like we do now. We, you know, we didn't yep. have uh, the, the some of the weapon systems that we have now with the UAC 10s and 20s and LBs and, and mm-hmm. uh, heavy lasers and ATMs. And, um, you know, so I, I don't know. Just looking at it, I feel like that was the first change outside of just, you know, the, the Pop-Tart meta uh, that I think influenced the rest of the outcome of the Like, that's what started things is the yeah. change. I would shit. agree with that. I was... That was almost the first big, you know, we, we went through a series of what I would almost say are pendulum swings, right, in balance, right? You know, we start off as Pop-Tarting, and then everyone likes to say Pop-Tarting gets nerfed into the ground by all sorts of things. So the pendulum swings, right, and then it becomes brawling. You know, brawling was a meta for a while, Small right? Small pulses. Small pulse, SRMs. et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of... You know, it, it's amazing the more I think about it and the more we have this discussion, even it's coming to me. But in, in many ways, part of the difficulties, you know, throughout the game, right, uh, I think a result of the the manner in which the game is monetized, where it was developed yeah. and monetized yeah. about developing new mechs, new uh, content, but those mechs introduce new uh balance aspects essentially right i mean remember what happened when the clans came out you immediately (laughs) invalidated everything prior yeah in mech warrior online and now obviously that's been balanced a little bit yeah but it's like you were saying you know pop tarting was the meta because srm hit reg basically didn't exist and really ballistics weren't that effective because you couldn't boat them and now there are plenty of ways to boat them but back then there weren't as many options right sure um but you're right about the the monetization that i mean as mechs i mean you remember the you can almost tell a mech and its performance just on the mm -hmm. like where the hard points oh does it have jump chest does it have ecm okay what time oh it's a 55 tonner 
okay, where are those hard points located? Up, they're yep. high, they're What's low. What's the engine cap? Yeah, That's engine cap. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, that influenced and and I think that was also a problem with the monetization model. And it wasn't an early problem, but it definitely no. started creeping in because like the the more max that it's not like we and I talked about this today during the stream. It's not like they said, here's an Atlas and this is the AS7SD. And maybe you have the, I don't know, the one more variant and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Hunchback 4G and maybe like, you know, the 4P and that's it. No, we would have five, six, seven variants. And ultimately you started seeing Cataphract's a good example. Mm-hmm. It phased out. Like you, yeah. you want to talk about like one of the best mechs out there, heavies, which was the Cataphract, you know, and even back then, like you could still get away with like the one X and the, the other, you know, mechs out there. Now you look at 70 tonners, you got the Warhammer, you've got the Grasshopper, you have the Archer, you've got the Summoner, you've got the Sun Spider. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I'm sure I'm missing one, but like, and one just completely invalidates, oh, well, this has ballistics higher. You don't have it to worry higher, about the arm. It's different. Better profile. You know, profile. Yep. Right. Like, um, oh, it's it's got this. It's got that. And and then the only compensation that ever has ever sort of happened is when I when I did the I was pushing the quirks behind the scenes. And again, this is something I talk about now. But like at the time, I couldn't talk about because of NDAs. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't like the idea. I felt like I wanted to. I understand like not wanting too much influence from maybe a player base or like, well, don't just listen to hard, you know, the, the top end players, but like how I don't have said this time and time again, and this is something that I'd really like to see. I think your competitive players out there are fantastic at telling you what works and what doesn't work and whether yeah. or not systems are broken. And that's what you should be listening to. And like, um, just because you're a really good player doesn't, I mean you know what's good for the game and game design you have yeah. your you know what i'm saying it's like uh same thing with just if you're a crappy player doesn't mean the exact same applies to you it you know or not crap but you know like lower skilled it's just um you know my feelings it, aren't hurt <laughs> yeah me either i'm not i'm not there either but uh yeah so i just feel like the the introduction and the monetization model has caused yeah, I, I I agree with that statement that you made. Like I, I think And I think it does you know, it it causes that but it, it also made PGI's job that much harder. I mean, how do you balance all these things as you continuously come on? And we all know that balance hasn't been perfect throughout the years. It's far from it, right? But I think part of that is is a self inflicted thing. You keep adding these mechs and you want them to be unique in some manner so that people buy them. Yeah. Um but at you the want same them to time, be good. Yeah, you want no them to be good. You don't want to do dead on arrival, but at the same time, you want to try and balance yeah. everything. So it's tough, right? Yeah. Uh, I think this is coming full circle, right? We talked just a little while ago about what would, you know, what potentially could be coming to MWO and everything. I would personally like to see a different monetization model because I think that model of introducing new mechs constantly is a negative on the game, both from it sucks up balancing resources, trying to constantly tweak and adjust because you're introducing new variables. And, uh, you know, it, I think it, it can be a little overwhelming for newer players. And I, you know, obviously I'd like to see a a good new player environment as well. Uh, I'm not saying that you can never introduce a new mech again. And I know there are people out there that have, you know, I mean, it's, it's this, ultimately this is a mech warrior. It's battle tech, right? People have 
their dream mech out there, right? Yeah. That they want in the game. And I don't want to take that away from anyone, but maybe a lesser focus on it and, and some different monetizations yeah. techniques and might be healthy. I think that's valid. Game. Yeah, no, I think it's valid too, because if you got to think, if you can, Russ made this statement in the podcast and he basically said, if you have 600 mechs, mechs, you know, like, yeah, what what is going to take for you to spend money? So I think if if you're 100 percent right, if you can fix the monetization aspect of MWO, whether it's battle pass and some type of, you know, that purchase in or mm-hmm. uh, subscription that's not gaining your game or something, call it whatever you want. Battle pass subscription premium time is basically a subscription. It's just yep. not reoccurring unless you decide, I guess. Um, uh, but also too is uh, from the the mech standpoint we have a lot of mechs that are already there that if they were to do a rescale if they were to do a mobility mm-hmm. pass you have mechs that would be good and yeah. why not then you know yes it's going to take resources but again if their monetization isn't tied into mechs fully and they're making enough money because of whatever new monetization model then they could say yeah we can go change the proportions, do some nip and tuck on a certain mech because maybe its torso is too big or maybe yeah. its legs are too big or, you know, and <clears throat> yeah, I, I think the monetization, I mean, hearing Russ talk about it, I I felt basically he was telling everybody, this is, if you're going to propose something, this is what I need to accomplish. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's he called it RPU or whatever, which is like rate per spending yeah. of person. Rate and he said, user. Yep. right. And he said, because we have a smaller player base, but our, our rate per user was higher it compensated we can't do yeah. the micro he basically said we we can do small microtransactions, sort of like the paints and stuff like that but we can't make that in our entire game because we're just not going to make enough money off of yeah it. they don't have enough users for that right certainly. so roger that um so that's why i was figuring if if we tackled in a few ways of if they did some type of new uh, and again i don't I, I don't know if you have ideas about that if you've thought mm-hmm. about it uh but some yeah. type of buy-in system that gives you a bonus or I, I again i don't know i i'm listening to other people's ideas and then also hey you you come up with this cool mech pack but make it worthwhile and i also feel like that's another thing is like it's always just been uh behind the scenes how it works is whatever mech they choose Mm-hmm. Um, it could also be fe- they're they're trying to fill a, a, a tonnage gap too. Like we don't have many ninety five tonners or ninety tonners yeah. or eighty five tonners, so they were trying to fill it. So then Alex gets told, "Hey, we're doing this mech." He looks at all these concept art uh, or concepts that were done previously. He then MWO uh, MWOs it, but this is where I feel like some conspiracies thinking where like people and, are like, and "Quick shout out, Alex is basically the greatest thing that ever happened to Mech Warrior." Is. I mean, he is. just incredible. Yes. And I just had to say that. But I think there's some conspiracy where like they'll be like, oh, well, they chose that mech and then they made it really good and then they nerfed it. No, what happened is he designed something where like the Blood Asp or, 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 you know, or the Kodiak, like where it's got high mounts. All these high mounts. Yep. Now it could be argued if they would have had a little bit better eye on balance wise, it would have been like, hey, Alex, we really like that design, but we need to, you know, like, we need to adjust yeah. here. And even if they started to do that now, the problem is there's designs, old designs that that didn't happen to. And so like there's just clear winners between one or the other. And the only compensation is they get quirks. And the problem I have with quirks uh, as well is that I 
there's just so many of them out there. It's it's confusing to a new player. Uh, it yep. could be tied into a skill tree. Um, it could be lesson across the board. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, monetization I think is is the key. I I would suggest, and this is me thinking in the last five minutes as I'm half listening to you talking, <laughs> and and going through and, and like yeah at yeah, the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there uh, there's the option I think to do something like a battle pass or whatever. I mean, again, I play a lot of Rocket League. Rocket League has a Rocket League premium. As you get experience, it's uh, basically it's like it's a a new season, and each season has rewards. And as you get experience. Uh, if you pay for the premium rewards, you get more stuff, right? And I could see something like that. And usually what they do is as you get through certain levels, as you get to a certain level, you get a big reward, right? You know, and the intermediate levels are little stuff, cosmetic stuff. I think you could do something like that in MechWarrior. And here's where I'm going totally bold. When you get to some of those big levels, say, you know, every 10 levels, 20 levels, whatever it is, and you you kind of tweak and adjust the scaling. But as you level up through this, season pass or whatever you want to call it uh you get a mech yeah the mech already exists in the game you just choose one something like that right i mean that would be an incentive to to pay money you know you're paying instead of paying for a met pack you're paying for some premium thing that you know if you get if you play enough right and get enough levels you get a couple free mechs that you just get to choose Whichever mech out of the out of the shop you want, or something like that, um, you know, does it help the folks that have 600 mechs and they have them all, or or whatever it may be? Well, probably not. But I'm not sure there's too many monetization things you can do out of those 600 people. Yeah. You know, there's people that have all the mechs anyway. Uh, you know, you can't monetize a map. Uh, you can't monetize something like that unless you know have yeah. someone put their name on a billboard yeah. <laughs> start yeah. sponsored by you know map so. advertising in game yeah. that would be something yeah hey, um, we got solaris i guess that could work but yeah yeah no i yeah. i i like i said i feel like there's plenty of examples out there yes that, that it's just it you know can you take what's there can you modify it just enough and you know the, of course there's a lot of like talk about you know they could be doing this but they could also spend spend and have some engineers behind the scenes working on that Maybe not MWO 2.0 or MechWare 5 online, but just say the networking side. Because I, I think that's the biggest thing is they don't have any of that done. Like, yeah, they have yeah. Mech 5, but none of the back-end engineering for post-it rewind, which is really important. Oh, uh, yeah. They would have to recreate that. Well, how long does that take? At least if they had a small team working on that, you you, you better monetize and move MechWare online forward. Um, so obviously monetization is big. Mm -hmm. Um how do you feel about you know communication like because i feel like that's a big part right that's been or lacking um, in in the past yeah but i feel like yeah, uh, communication's a, a like one of the, uh, needs to be front and center right yeah i think the more open a developer is with its community the more the community will enjoy and respect that there will always be bad apples there will always be people that you know it's never good enough right um but to me you know, more communication is better uh provided of course that the communication is is consistent right you know you don't want plenty of communication oh we're going to do this and then three weeks later no we're going to do that and you know if yeah. you're just whiplashing people with it's like well know, what do i yeah exactly I can i trust you can i like yeah. you just said this like yeah 
but I think more communication uh, certainly is something that you can do to, to kind of uh, build that rapport with your community. Sure. And we talked briefly about it, and I'll kind of go back to this. Showing that your ideas are being listened to, you know, the community suggestions are are in some ways at least being considered, I think is a valuable thing, right? You never want to be like, hey, we want suggestions, and then that to be a black hole, right? Yeah. You just throw your suggestions in the box. And then there's a generic, thanks for your suggestions. And yeah. you're like, okay, did anything ever get yeah. even talked about, right? Um, but I think there's a lot of things that, that PGI can do. I have always been a, a firm supporter of the community. There are, and there always have been, some phenomenal uh, people in the MechWare community, especially when it comes to things like balance, things yes. like testing you know trying out different mechanics and things i mean we have people we've had people for years and have people that will go into testing grounds with the stopwatch and try to do the same thing 200 times to test out you know the various rng aspects of a mechanic or something like that you know checking out spread um things like that engaging with some community members for even something as simple and i say simple obviously nothing is entirely simple but small balance tweaks right and i've always been a proponent of if you're going to balance do it in small incremental amounts engage with some of the community there's tremendous ideas and, and work being out, done out there not just people behind a keyboard like myself you know, keyboard sitting right here you know that are you know just typing away oh i think this needs to be buffed this needs to be not but there are people coming out and saying you know here's a spreadsheet of all the numbers and games you know calculated dps for these Macs. And if we tweak this by this much and this by this much, we should see this much increase in DPS for, you know, sort of doing actual calculations and yeah. things that I think can at least be valuable input. And so communicating, I think, goes in, in multiple ways, right? It's it's listening to feedback. It's also reaching out to the community and engaging some of these smart yeah. folks. and. And ultimately, what everyone wants to see is not just communication, but something, some action and feeling like they're a part of the sure. community, right? The best way to do that is to say, you know, hey, we listened to your ideas and we implemented some of them. And that that brings the community as part of they They feel invested. And I right. think that's a valuable thing. Yeah. When it comes to balance, too, I think another thing is like the changes it's almost like um and i say this um <laughs> some of the changes almost feel like they're being done at the expense as we mentioned earlier of maybe competitiveness it's almost like a, a blending of you know it's almost like a bleaching yeah. if you will of things and I think the term we, as a community, we're using on the unfunning of MWO. And it has to be said is yeah. from the start of Peep and Goss and the, the, you know, like I understood why like Chris, he said, you know, Peep Goss disproportionately helps Clan Max. I can yeah. understand that when you make that argument. But the question is just because that's true, does that mean you should do it? And if you would have asked the community, there probably was a different solution to what you were trying yeah. to achieve. And like the same thing with like the side torso destruction. I understand you're working within a limited scope because maybe you 
at the time you don't have resources like engineers to change some heat system or this or that yeah. but was it really a problem out there and if, it, if you think it was a problem you need to explain why you feel it's a problem and then you also need to be willing to hear the potential countless retorts from the community of saying mm -hmm. no that's yeah. and and i feel like that goes back to the entire topic which is they're coming to the community and saying what should we do what should, and and i just look at the countless like it's not fun the side torso destruction has not it it i was thinking about this today during streaming it happened to me and uh, you see it happen you you know when it happens because someone will instantly shut down and then they're dead or yep. they override and then they're dead or you know, just inopportune moment. You just fired. You're already high heat. You lose a side torso, and you, you, you like, how is that? That's not balanced to me. And and I feel like that's that's one of those things where like that's not fun for a new player because. And guess what? I understand that as an experienced player. Yeah, does a still new player happens. even understand what? Jeez, happens to them. like no, they would have no <laughs> yeah. idea. Like, how does this even? And I get the problem is, is like, basically it's trying to balance heat and then also engines because engines are out of whack, 100%. You've got a yeah. standard engine, you got now LFEs and you got XLs, but it's not fair on the XL on the clan side and it's not fair, you know, to the, the IS. I get that, but I just feel like it goes back to the discussion in whole of the unfunning and you look, yeah. I, I just, I have this, you, you take step backs, you know, like you look at skill trees introduction introduce you and i you know matt and darren talked about uh doing a a autopsy if you will you know like a they break you know i don't know if that was the term they used but like it's yeah. not dead <laughs> yeah yeah but like they're like um, what what did it and i just look yeah i just look at all these things of like i don't know how you feel like how do you feel about it? i mean am i crazy and like it's, it's these, so it's like an onion it's happening right yeah like Skill tree, I will come out and say right now, I believe is literally the worst thing that happened to MechWarrior Online. I was against right. it from the very beginning. I remain against it. Right. I think it was a mistake. Um, it pains me when I see people uh, saying, you know, the old system has to work because the argument that I, uh, or the old system had to go, the argument I normally see against the old system was the rule of three. Yeah. Uh, but if you ignore the rule of three, no because the rule of three could have gone tied away. to the old yeah. system. Yeah. Like you the old could system have simply was said, yeah. we're going to get rid of the rule of three and you can master yeah. any mech without having any chassis, yeah. you know, unlocked. And I, there you go. That problem's fixed. I agree. Um, I could, I could go on and on about the skill tree. What I'll say is it is, uh, as we all know, ridiculously bloated individual, you know, uh, nodes provide essentially no benefit, right? It's the anchor. Literally sometimes because you have to go through a node. No benefit. Know, yeah. yeah. You have to go through ones that you yeah. don't need. Um, I almost think of it. And so this is a little bit of personal information, but, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm an uncle now. My sister had a, a baby. I think of it like that. I see my nephew, very very infrequently right every time i see him i'm like oh wow he's grown right my sister sees him every day she's like he's not growing and that reminds me of the skill tree you're unlocking one at a time you don't even know a difference right yeah. when you go a node because each node is what a half minuscule percent. yeah you'll yeah. never notice it and you just you adjust you get used to it and by the time you mastered the only time you know a difference is when you go from a mastered mech to one that you're just starting on the skill tree and you're like oh my goodness this is terrible but 
you don't feel that progression. I think that's wrong. I think the biggest thing for me is forget the useless nodes. Forget the progression that doesn't start. Don't get me started on the cost. We all know the cost things. Everyone broke that down. And I'm sorry, but skill tree is more expensive than the old system. Yeah. It's just how it is, right? Imagine being a new player. I come back to this. It all comes down to the player base. I think every decision has to reflect the player base. And if you're a new player coming in and you load up the skill tree, what, I mean, like, yeah. what are you thinking, right? Well, you're looking at this just like totally overwhelmed. And, and even know, if you even dive in for it. Yeah. I mean, and even if you dive in, you're going to waste money that you're, yeah, you, you desperately you need. Doing. Yeah. Because I, and I just did an experiment. I started up. Uh, yeah. NGNG TV and I started, uh, you know, like I think a weekend I was like, okay, premium time's allowed. That's fine. But it, it, you know, like your cadet bonus pretty much can buy you your first mech. Yeah. But if you don't know what mech to choose and then you dive in skill trees around 4 million, I think total investment or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. I think it's around four point something million. But if you don't know what you're doing, you're just clicking around. You invest in well, jump. You it's know, like, four point something million to get ninety one nodes. nodes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And if you I don't know what you're doing, yeah, you, you know, you could I, buy a lot more than that. Right? I tried when I did the podcast. Obviously, I have I still have a lot of respect for all those guys that were on there. And yeah. you know, like you, you have to have a, a professional relationship when dealing anybody. Or no one else will be on your podcast. It's just not, or anything. You're not, you're not going to communicate with you. You don't make any friends if you start right, cursing. Yeah. Like, yeah. but I, you know, like I, that's why on the podcast, I was like, well, Russ, you know, like, and he was like, well, people are used to it now. And I'm like, two wrongs don't make them right, buddy. Like just because no. we, we, we deal with it. I, said this in a, a few streams ago uh i would change it i would change it actually funny enough from a visual standpoint i'd go back to what it was before yep. but what i would do is the problem and i recognize this and i and i've talked to chris about this the problem with the previous system was that all mechs shared the same nodes as far as like cooldown you know yeah. yes it may change depending on what clan or is or what you know whatever but that's i would keep that format and it would be low hanging fruit would be the first eight nodes, but you could tie those into the quirks and like specialties for that, you know, and then you'd have the elite ones that tie into the mech and quirks and then mastery. It wouldn't be a slot. It would be a quirk. And then you use prestige mode and you can unlock a second and a third. And then on a, uh, you know, well, what about airstrikes? We need to limit those on an individual mech basis. Not all mechs should be able to have two strikes or two artillery yeah. or whatever. And, why and by the way this isn't rule of three i'm not saying that and you can tie in the c bills sure okay you want to keep that you want to keep the c bill sync whatever you want to make it uh you know the xp uh grow that's fine it should be in the second and third the mastery takes a while to master we get it it's simple it's clean it's easy to understand yeah. it's linear like you can choose either one of those eight and you're going to get there, but that means you could be specialized. It, the Hunchback 4G is going to be have a different than the Atlas. The Atlas yep. could be centered around being a tank. And when you do that, the funny thing is the podcast I had with uh, Tori, he's, uh, he's a programmer, and he said, well, I would just do that with current skill tree. I would just basically do the exact same thing what you're talking about, use the system that's there, shrink down the skill tree, and then each skill tree would be slightly different. And I was like, yeah, but I still feel like that's visually a problem for it. Like, it's still... Yeah. It's, it's not confusing. 
yeah, it is confusing. It's convoluted. And what the difficult thing with that is, is like it, it and by the way, Chris, if he's listening, I, I've felt sorry for him for this entire time because people are like, oh, you bet. He had no control over the design. Neither did I. Yeah. We, when it went up on the screen at Metcon was when we found out. And it was said, here you two go, figured out the numbers. And at yeah, this point in time, yeah, design. at this point in time, I wasn't involved with Kurt. I pretty much was just a, a voice of reason. And me and him didn't say eye to eye and everything, which is fine. That's how it should be. Yeah. But poor guy had to just basically he was take all, the, oh yeah. And system, he took yeah. all the shit and all the flack for it when he had no control. But the, the, it goes back to where, why was that not like, and I don't know why this is, I don't, uh, the field you work in, like, I, I don't know. Does this same like happen where for me, if I'm looking at this, I'm not the smartest guy ever. Like, I can't think of everything. Let's just say I have a really high IQ. I can't think of everything. That what yeah. you do as a good leader is you say, hey, Mike, hey, you know, MWO, we're thinking about replacing the skill tree because we think it's outdated because of X, Y, and Z. Let's see your best ideas go. To, yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Or even if you didn't even do it to your community, why wasn't it like your people that are handling balance Internal. involved? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't, you know, like, and so like, yeah. And, and, and it, I'm ranting. <laughs> this is a rantable subject. But how many people left because of that change? Oh, tremendous. how many? People? I mean, it, that was, like I said, I firmly believe the single worst thing that has happened to MechWare online. And it's painful to see. And what pained me the most was, you know, when it came out seeing, and like I've talked about how, you know, the, the fantastic people in the community and sure there's some rotten eggs. Yeah, whatever there always are. Right. But coming out with these wonderful ideas for some other path, right. True. Uh, you know, just coming out with these great, you know, here's a different way. Here's a, a other way that could work and all this, you know, and that's to me, you know, that was tough because, yeah. uh, I don't work obviously in video game development. It's not what I do. Um, but I think one of the important things in any uh, management oversight role is uh, soliciting and acting on feedback, right? Both internal and external, right? And so that's, I think, what you were getting at yeah. is there wasn't a lot of soliciting, acting on feedback. And I think in any job, in any assignment, in anything that you do, if you don't uh, gather other opinions and, you know, kind of embrace that, you know, constructive criticism and feedback cycle, you get stuck in your own head. And of course, you're going to be like, this is the idea that I've come up with. It is the solution to the problem. And it's very hard for anyone to sit down on their own and give five different unique solutions to one problem and decide which one's the best. They're well, gonna I, narrow down on this is the solution yeah, I've thought of. Yeah. And I think uh, I think why this is such a still big topic is because it was so controversial. Like yeah. it wasn't like it was just a small faction. It was like everybody like and yeah. I get it. Like some people do actually like um the little microman like some people do like that. But I would counter, you don't actually experience that during your gameplay. You know, like you don't mm -hmm. notice a 0.3%. Yeah, that's, you're not, like you're going to notice you know. the 10% when you get to the end. Um, yeah. 
but then, you know, like, again, that's where I feel like if you do some type of prestige system, yeah, you can you can unlock that mech's potential a little bit more. Right? Or you, and, and so what if it's only for a few percent and whatever attribute you're people grind towards that. And if you really like yeah. the mech, too, it gives a reason to, you know, but. It just felt like, and that response from Russ, I, I didn't like it. It was just, it, he did concede. He was like, of course, it's still on the table. But he was like, two wrongs don't make a right. I think time investment, you know, I think that's better, you know, because I understand and I'm glad he was there to answer. And basically, I think it showed people give him shit. But the reality of it is the president, he has to worry about, you know, I don't know how many employees, 50, 60, 70 employees yeah. and their families and the responsibility and keep it. Yeah, I his, understand his that. first obligation is to the livelihood of yeah. his employees and, yeah. and you know, but stakeholders. Right. The road goes two ways. And that's where yeah. I was saying is like they have to show that would be one of those things of. It should have been. And this is where I'd like to see the communication of with Darren, which, you know, again. He knows this is that. Egos aside, egos need to be put aside, and yeah. and there's no there should be no digging in heels. It should be how I look at it is, and I I spout off shit all the time on stream. Doesn't mean I'm right. More yeah. often than not, it's probably because I'm wrong. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to cultivate the conversation just happening. Use your imagination. You know, yep. like you feel so passionate about this, Mike, but. What about this? Here's an alternative way of thinking. Yeah, yeah like, and I think not? that's a valuable yeah. thing, and uh, that was. I have to be less political than you do, even because obviously my contacts uh, with PGI and so are are even less than yours, and, and yeah. you're doing your podcast and everything. I'm just a guest. I'm not going to have my own podcast. Uh, I think honestly, that's one of the biggest weaknesses I've seen out of PGI is this. There was very much. Um, maybe not in any sort of spoken way, but from my own personal opinion, right? This is purely opinion talking, a mindset of we are video game developers. We understand what it takes to do a video game. You are not a video game developer. Your opinion is not valid. That was something that my personal opinion was a mindset that sometimes occurred. And it was very frustrating to me not because I'm saying my opinion should be the one listening to. I mean, I, I you know, I'm sure. not saying that. What I'm yeah. saying is I would see, like I said, I would see this great work being done by various members in the community proposing things, uh, you know, different skill tree replacements, et cetera. And I would see their ideas and what it would appear to be. And again, this could be just a communication thing, but this is how it comes across sure. as someone who's not necessarily on the end. And yeah. full disclosure, yeah, I was a shoutcaster three years and i had a little bit more in than most people but certainly not on any of the development behind the scenes side it was more of just like yeah i could talk to chris or russ on occasion and they would listen sometimes to the point of like saying yes i hear that you're talking to me doesn't mean they're going to do anything right so yeah. full disclosure there but you know there there's tremendous work being done and it's it comes back to that soliciting and receiving feedback just because uh someone is maybe not internal feedback doesn't mean that external feedback is necessarily worthless and you know just because i don't develop video games for a living doesn't mean that you know i couldn't provide a valuable insight into uh you know a different mechanic okay. etc 
And that was kind of the skill tree felt like the last straw for that, right? <laughs> I mean, it was just like, yeah. this is a skill tree. It's great. And everyone was like, yeah. oh, here's, you know, a dozen better versions. And they were yeah. like, no, yeah. we're video game developers. Yeah. I would have, um, I like, I would have, <laughs> I would have paid to have Russ come out and basically say, or I should have said, this is what I wanted him to do. Yeah, and maybe this is naive of me saying this, but this is what I, I think I would do is I would have said, "Hey guys, we just launched this. Obviously, it's very controversial. I don't think we got it right. We're gonna revert back to what we had, and we're gonna make this right. So starting right now, here's a forum post. We want to hear your thoughts, your yeah. opinions, your ideas, and then we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna see if we can make this work because I think we can." I don't think that's very difficult. No. What I just said. Uh, like, literally. I don't think so either, but so. it shouldn't be, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not a video game developer, et cetera, but if you're not version controlling your software uh, development, then there's okay. something wrong, right? So reverting, in theory... Would you revert right be, now? Like, if, if, uh, yes, if you absolutely. could give a switch, just and not the three of a kind, but just going back... Yeah. Would you revert I, right, I, right now? Absolutely. I, I look at the revitalization so to speak sure. of mwo consists to me of of truly one one goal and one goal only which is uh player base right everything in my opinion hinges around getting active users up right that makes monetization easier because you know if you monetize one out of every 100 users if you have more users you're pulling in more money right it makes balance easier because now you're getting better matches. So you're seeing uh, less skewed uh, results in your balance, et cetera. Um, I think it makes the player base happy because again, match quality goes up. Uh, match quality to me is so dependent on player base size. Forget all this other stuff. I know people talk about, you know, PSR and all that, yeah. Balance, PSR, yeah. you know, even map design in NASCAR. Like I get those are problems, but if you increase, the player base your match quality will go up and some of those problems will still exist but you'll feel better about it right gotcha. you know that's my personal opinion and you know so how do you how do you get the player base up i think the first thing is the game is way too complicated i just you know and part of that's inherent to, to mech warrior sure. but part of that is not right the skill tree is a big factor of that it it just it it to me if if you look at it through the lens of someone coming into the game, just it's overwhelming. It's expensive. It's not explained. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just, it's, I mean, even just the UI, it's frankly, it's quite ungainly to use. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, I know people put hard earned, you know, hard work and effort into developing, but I'm sorry. It's just, it's yeah. ungainly. It's tough to use. It's tough to, to see. Yeah trying to keep track of oh i've got to buy this node and then i got to unlock this node. you know yeah no get rid of it i'm i just to me there's no at this point there's no saving the skill tree okay. i think i think it's not well let me correct that it's not that there's no saving the skill tree but looking at it in terms of your you know return your return on your investment right your time invested that you're spending to fix it if you can just revert back to the old way and get rid of sure. the rule of three, yep. I would look at that as do that first, 
and then like maybe solicit feedback on, okay, we're reverting back to this because the skill tree was an unmitigated disaster. Sure. But we'd like to do something different than this. So give us ideas and feedback. This is where yeah. engaging the community builds that relationship that I think would be valuable uh, yeah. in the long-term success of the game. I agree. <laughs> I don't... I think that's the podcast. Yeah. I think that, uh, no, <laughs> no. I, I mean, just I, yeah, yeah. Know, skill tree, I, yeah. Skill tree is where I'd start. I wouldn't finish with skill tree, <laughs> but I would. I would start with skill tree. Um, how, how do you? Okay, so it's funny because we're, we're obviously we're talking a lot about. Well, that's you. That affects gameplay, of course, because it's like it. Yeah. But I feel like that's just a. That's a that's your everyday system. Again, it takes time. The amount of click. Yeah. God, that's another thing. Uh, the amount of comments I've had on podcast 204 and 205 and 206, yeah. like literally it's like, I think 204 has like th almost 400 comments, but like the amount of people that I've seen that said, I've, I literally left after the skill tree. I had yeah. enough, like I had, you know, a hundred mechs and you want me to redo all of those. And I don't even like the system and you didn't, you know, like, so I have, I have dozens of friends who stopped playing yeah. basically my entire unit stopped after you know i know everyone okay. says oh you're just right. saying that people left no i my you know my unit stopped playing after skill tree yeah, yeah so about two dozen people so we had pop tarting nerfing and jump jets you know yep. uh laser vomit became really strong and i'm sort of guilty of some of this because i did the quirks when like the black knight was like could face tank and deliver <laughs> this massive alpha like to your face yeah but it's funny because i've had so many people including Heim Delight on Reddit. I just would like to point that out. Uh, say it was one of the funnest times they've had in MWO was like the, the quirkening the was quirk the pinnacle of MWO. I, I stand by that. I, and yeah, I created monsters. I will admit, but it was fun. And yeah. it had, you know why I stand by that though. At the end of the day, I look at it in a couple ways. One, there were, there were monsters out there, but it was, you know, like playing the monsters was fun. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, let's be honest, we all want to win, right? Sure. Even if you're playing casually, it feels better to win than to lose. Yeah. Let's just yeah. lay that out there. I don't care if you're playing from a lore perspective, you know, you're playing, you know, you're whoever, you know, you're role playing or you're playing competitive. It feels better to win than lose. So let's just leave it at that. Sure. Two, it, gave mechs new life i mean you saw so much variety because there were monsters but there were so many monsters there were so yeah. many different monsters that yeah. you could pick you know the dragon right what was that the ac2 dragon that was just like a machine gun but you take its arm off so if it its arm off if it wasn't a good player yeah if you weren't a yeah. proton where you could do this like da, 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 <laughs> you know like yeah well you know proton, yeah, I proton. Think <laughs> The five SS, uh, I mean, yeah, five all, SS, the black, all these, all these all mechs. The, yeah. There were so many different fun mechs yeah. out there, and to me, you know, I know this was something that a lot of people were like, "Well, it forces you into certain builds," and I always looked at that, and and this might upset lore people here. Full disclosure: I'm not a lore person. I started playing with Mech Warrior Four Mercs. That's what I I got involved in. Uh, I have actually lots of the books right over to my right over here uh that so i've you're... read but i i never got into like the full lore sure. of BattleTech. but to me the whole point of variance was to have specific builds yeah. right you know why have you know 
eight different shadow hawks if you know each one had to be able to do whatever build you felt like yeah. right the quirkening sure it pigeonholed a specific variant into a specific build because that was the best build for it yeah. but that's why you had yeah. a bunch of different variants for every chassis yeah. right i learned I le each variant. Yeah. i learned a lot and and then you know up until the point where i wasn't doing those anymore and it got taken over yeah. by chris but like um i made mistakes too <laughs> Like the thousand yeah. cooldown on you know quick draw or uh, the glorious know, days because like, like I was I wasn't editing the XML I was using this editor and it was remote connect so like there was this delay so like I didn't notice like a one typo, little, yeah. a typo it just you know and but I learned a lot and like I will admit though that like I learned of the quick draw IV four is a good example. The, yeah. it's strong because a new tech came out that made it strong but back then it wasn't strong and that's where you get into this weird like then you go to 1v1 and some of the best mechs there are because they're quirked out of their minds and they can do like the cataphract 4x you literally like in that division you couldn't do yeah. anything because it could deliver so much dps to your face like and it goes into and like you scale. don't have to worry about yeah anyone. and the whole else you know against you yeah yeah you know, and, and, and and part of it you know then like it, it skews things and all this came from quirks and the quirkening and all this was that i saw a problem which i guess some of it has to do with scale but then also like mm -hmm. proportions of like why do we have so many variants and they just there's no difference like this this locus is literally completely useless there's no point yeah role warfare you mentioned that that never really got expanded and like what was tough is what can mechs do on the battlefield it's not like you have respawns or you can run over to a sensor tower and turn it on and only yeah you know like can all mechs do that because or should lights or you know like you didn't have any other capabilities outside of mm -hmm. shoot the enemy mechs and shoot the enemy mech a timber wolf at the Wait. time was a scout it was a lethal mech at the time you know like it could do everything that a locust could do, but that locust yep. had one or two energy. What? And so like, I just looked at that and it, and it was one of those things where, yes, some of them went too far and yes, I would do things differently. Um, but I think some of it too, I would point out of uh, the reason why so many of these mechs need quirks is disproportionately because of scale. And I could go on yeah. a rant about that. People have heard me. Another thing yes. that I don't like. Yeah. 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 And, um, and it, it's it's one of those things where I had a lot of fun with it. I learned a lot, but we've had no... I mean, obviously, Chris has been working on Mech 5. We know that because yeah. he talked about it. And that's that's a tough pill to swallow because, like I said, up until, you know, January, when, you know, being behind the scenes and working for PGI, you know, uh, under our contract, being behind the scenes and knowing nothing basically was going on was so stressful because, like, I'm a player. I like playing the yeah. game. But then also having the back back knowledge of just nothing happening and people are coming to your chat and asking, hey, what's going on on and on and on. And you have to just basically you can't tell them anything. No. And you can and you got to put on a, you know, like uh, and I and I over the years, I've talked about things. Sometimes it'd be in a secretive manner like, oh, what about this topic? Even though that was actually really behind the scenes happening or whatever, like mm -hmm. uh, like engine desync and stuff. I'd be like, oh, blah, 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 and, you know, and then um yeah, so I don't yeah. have a, I don't have a problem with the uh, uh, you know 
bring back Engine. the quirkening. That's what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> bring back. Yeah, well, I think they would need to if they rescaled. If they actually rescaled yeah. based on gameplay and not volumetric and just said, okay, oh, well. You know yeah. what the rescaling reminds me of? And this is kind of fun, I guess. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I am an engineer. That's what I do in my my free time. By free time, I mean during the day. Um, and it reminds me very much of the old, you know, kind of story about, you know, engineers, right? You're coming up with this design for some part or whatever, and it's, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. And then you take it down to your shop, you know, or whatever, your machinist looks at it and they're like, you can't make this. You know, what do you mean? And it's like, well, it's just doesn't, you know, you weren't connected to reality when you came up with this design. And the rescale reminds me of that that was a disconnect from the reality of gameplay right it was a great idea that someone had i don't know who i wasn't behind the scenes maybe you know and you don't want to say that's fine no actually i don't know yeah it was but it was a great idea someone had let's make a consistent formula for scaling across all the mechs great idea sounds good and it sounds good disconnected from reality the reality is and the reason it was disconnected i think more than anything else is because it was volumetric scaling and the game is not a volumetric game at the end of the day it's a 2d game right it's a 3d environment but what you're shooting at is a 2d plane whatever you're facing on the mech so when you volumetric scale that's what you know everyone everyone's rehashed this and everything that's what causes the problems right What really matters is the profile that you're seeing and that you can shoot. So volumetric scaling throws off those profiles, et cetera. So it just kind of makes me laugh because I've lived through that myself. I've gone down to the machine shop and had guys yell at me like, you know, yeah, no, you do realize mean, that a half of a thousandth of an inch is like a human hair and you can't just do this. You know? But it's, it's anyway. Yeah. Again, that was one of those things where yeah. we didn't really have any follow up. There was like a few mechs. People were like, oh, the Nova shrunk, the catapult shrunk, the dragon got improved. But like, uh, it's the poor Jenner. You load up. If you're wondering what we're talking about, by the way, uh, load up, look at the flea, yep. then look at the fire starter, the cougar, the Jenner. And just if the, the reason the flea uh, and locust and all those, I think, they, if that's the scale that they should be, which I think they should be, mm-hmm. everything needs to come down. Everything yeah. needs to like dramatically. And before you say it, that's why I mentioned the quirks is I feel like if you were to do that, I think the best bet for balance would be to just wipe everything off the face of the game and go because it's going to make the Atlas stronger. It's going to make everything stronger, I should say. But yeah. it's going to change. You're going to find places for cover, whereas before it wasn't cover. You know, that's another thing, too, gameplay-wise, I think a lot of people don't realize is, like, you're going to be shrinking mechs down. Like, it's going to change the way you approach certain objects and certain yeah. cover. Like, uh, you know, you're not going to run into where those parts on Solar City where you can't get through those ramps. Now you're going to be able to get through those ramps as an assault. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they should take it a step further, and it may be wishful. Increase your survivability. It's literally harder to hit certain components, right? Yep. And I that's mean... yeah, and that's the problem. Is pinpoint world? They made all the mechs bigger, and <laughs> and then you took away the mobility because yep. engine desync. It it. I still Which think it's not a bad thing. In my nope. vote. I 
and I'm I'm biased because I was for it. I was behind the scenes pushing it, yeah. but I was not the one involved with numbers. That was on Chris. Chris did not, in my opinion, push Counter the numbers that, that I had. Yeah, that, yes, numbers, and yeah. and and he has a different perspective of what balance is because he how he looks at it is well, if I make the Timby better again, well, what about the other and. Uh, I don't like getting in that discussion uh, with them, but the the issue is, and I saw this today and it came to mind and I wanted to get your feedback is, okay. it was, I noticed the speed of the game has increased dramatically and because of disproportionate quirks towards mediums and heavies that are more deadly and how easy it is to, I feel like skill tree, engine desync and scale along with quirks pretty much nailed the coffin yeah. in as far as like assaults being like, you're not scared of the dire wolf. I remember a point in time oh, when you'd come yeah, around a corner yeah. and be like, Oh fuck. You know, like, yeah, you know, not any, you don't have that anymore. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, you, the game consists of mediums and heavies at this point, you know, it's firepower maneuverability, you know, in those, those two combinations. Right. Um, Assaults might have the firepower, but they don't have the maneuverability, and you're just driving a brick wall. You know, that's that's kind of how it comes down to, right? Um, I I think the rescale, like I said, I think the rescale was a mistake too. Um, maybe you know, if I had to rank the order of mistakes that I really don't like, uh, I would put that probably uh, somewhere after. And this is going to really upset some people, so brace yourself here. <laughs> I'd go skill tree clan release then then rescale you think um the the clan uh yeah i it was quite out of so and so the clan release i think uh i understand where they're coming from i I have firm opinions one are you talking about from the balance from a balance perspective on release it was just stupid right okay okay i'm I'm just wondering like oh i would have just never introduced the clans or is it Oh, uh, just from the balance perspective. Oh, okay, but okay. that that upsets a lot of lore okay. people. I know, gets people upset. Um, but you know, if, from a balance perspective, but also just introducing so many different, um, you know, tech, right? Different tech sure. levels and things that that just make the challenge that yeah. PGI is facing in terms of development that much harder. It makes the amount of content that a, a player is overwhelmed with that much more. Again. I'm not going to get too hmm. hung up about the clans anymore. I think right now, actually, there's not that bad of a balance between IS and clans. I don't, you know, certainly not when they first came out. That was a different story. But um, it's interesting because I feel like if if I'm you're if, as objectively as you can be, yeah, there's a lot of clan mechs that are actually crap. Yeah, and there are and those there that are, are really good. That are really good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Like yeah, and it's. You know, from the the I felt like uh, the Omni Point, the Omni Max just I felt like it was a good and like good implementation, but then it mm-hmm. never went any further with it. Like the legs don't mean anything. Yeah, all we have is a buff maybe on this or that Omnipod. Like it didn't make. Yeah, and and then you throw in the mid max nature of it, and then just some Omnipods like. Oh, I can have a torso with three energy, or I can have one with one energy. I wonder which one I'm gonna take. Which, you yeah, know, which like, one am I gonna do? Uh, you know, like, um, 
I just feel like it just never. And then on top of that, some of your best clan max used are battle max and not Omni max. Yep. Not Omnimax, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. The Omnimax thing actually doesn't bother me that much. Um, and again, I think actually clans have eventually gotten, you know, so there's not too big of a difference. Um, but for the longest time, in my opinion, you know, it was always just, you know, the tech was just better, right? Yeah. For so long, the tech yeah. was just better. And I think when you look over the history of the game, clans being introduced in my mind you know and you take kind of if you were to take the highs and lows i think is a net negative on the game my personal opinion mm. i am sure that you'll get plenty of youtube comments on that so you're welcome <laughs> um but the rescaling is up there for me gotcha. and the rescaling continues to be a problem whereas i feel like the clans have become less of a problem yeah. in my mind what was that because of uh, just nerfing across the board though yeah oh yeah just yeah. you know the usual just smash this down into oblivion yeah. and eventually yeah. you know um but also because before the clans came out the the basically the meeting before that was the quirkening and that yeah. was my favorite time playing so maybe yeah. it's just nostalgic glasses as well yeah and it's tough because i mean from the lore perspective um right the whole idea of it, it's not that the clans had better tech of course they did but yeah. it was the fact that they trained since they were like four years old and it was basically yeah. like having navy seals yeah time, you know the like best it, of the best yeah sort of and thing. yeah and and I, I how do you put that in perspective in game well this laser hits harder but it's you know like yeah and and that's going back to the weapon balance i think if you look at just balance altogether, it's actually an interesting conversation piece which is i don't think i've ever felt confident in anybody and i'm not i i never was in that role as far as weapon balance i've mm. never felt confident with either paul or even Chris himself of being able to sit down and have a discussion and say, can you explain to me the roles and purpose and the rock, paper, scissors? How do you, how do you look yeah. at this versus this versus this? Like the idea of clan tech versus IS tech and then, you know, or map, you know, any of that stuff. I've never felt confident that there's been a uh, cohesive a answer. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. Or plan yeah. hands down. Like, um, and it goes back to the unfunning and I, and I feel like it go, you know, like it's just another iteration of, um, yeah. I mean, uh, the clans introduced, I, I can, I can, I can, I can see, I mean, I will say, I feel like they did a really good job compared to mech four and three. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I can understand that, you know, and, and what purpose? And that—that's where I would say—is like, do we really actually know where balance is if if there weren't quirks in the game? No, no. I actually think I think you were kind of hinting at it before I sidetracked everyone with trashing the clans. Um, <laughs> and you know, you refuse our bachelor. About to be flamed here. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah gonna... But um, I'm gonna have to go into witness protecting when this uh, protection when this uh, podcast gets published. But. Uh, I think you were getting to it, right? Which is, you know, getting rid of the skill tree, getting rid of uh, the um, rescale, getting rid of uh, the quirks, I think is where you were headed, right? You were saying... If if you scale down the mechs, yes. If you do that, I think you... Quirkless world. Yes. I think, well, I think having quirks should be... Uh, as Going back to the skill tree, if you actually had the eight, the three, or whatever... 
And those were yeah. quirks. Those were your yeah. quirks. Those were, and it could be, and if, if, if a mech needs no mobility or whatever, you roll it into the base. You don't roll, like, I, I hated the fact of to utilize ECM on an ECM mech, I have to invest points. Why? Yeah. To me, that's ridiculous. I shouldn't have to invest any points into a piece of equipment. That should just operate. Now, if if maybe you get to choose or whatever, like, if you go... Uh, uh, maybe if you hover over a mouse, you you can choose a general ballistic or an LB, you know, specialty, whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know. My point being is, if you tied those, the quirks, one, now the quirks are displayed in an area that's easily understandable by a person. You know exactly what you're gonna get, and and it can make it chassis. You you could make it chassis specific, like maybe all atlases, generally speaking, have armor buffs. You know, in one of those things or under the elites or whatever, whatever you want to call them but if you were to re rescale max and i feel like the it would be the biggest gameplay balance change we've had like recorking cool but like making mechs where they don't just get insta gibbed because yep. they're so big and i guess from an engineer standpoint let me answer what is our fascination with just because something weighs more it has to be bigger <laughs> uh yeah what I, is that uh, i can't tell you there uh i have you picked up a piece of gold like a bar of gold has yeah. any like jesus yeah this is concept called density i know <laughs> I, I'm and material science right like yeah. material science yeah. the idea that like yes you have to you have to suspend a little bit of disbelief but like i just felt like the it's it the mechs got so big and then you nerf their mobility and i think it went again going back to i think it was counterintuitive it was like good initiative like you were trying to solve this issue but it was like just throwing you know things out like oh on paper yeah. this looks really good but from a player perspective it's like you've you've created mwo is in the state it is because of decisions you've made and you know yeah. like you have to then and that's what i'm saying this isn't a you're horrible this isn't you're not good at your job it's just you have to be put the ego aside and look at internally and say, are some of those decisions I, I bad? very much think a lot of this came about because there was a concern that, that players, you know, in matches, you were dying too fast. Right. So I think a lot of this was, you know, we're going to make mechs less maneuverable. We're going to make <laughs> mechs, you know, do X, Y, Z, right. Because we're trying to slow the game down. I think that was actually some of that mindset there, but it has the opposite effect. It might take longer for you to get to a position in which you then die, but then you die faster, yeah. you know. <laughs> or you get uh, chewed up by a light because you spawn in a bad spot. Yeah, or yeah, and you can't move and you can't climb a hill you, because your mech has no, not, you know. Yeah, you're not scared yeah. anymore. Um, yep. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it, it did have a negative effect. I mean, I. I do believe that an assault mech should be bigger than a light mech. You know, I, I sure. don't, I don't have an issue with that. I was very much, unless it's a charger. In, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I was very much in the belief that before the rescale, there were mechs that were poorly scaled. Sure. Um, and I don't think the rescale was a bad idea. Again, I just think it comes down to. They chose to do the method they chose to do was volumetric scaling as opposed to a profile scaling, yeah. right? And and volumetric, how thick a mech is, 
doesn't matter to me in gameplay. You might look at like looking at your thick mech in the mech lab. Yeah. I don't care. But gameplay, I don't care how thick your mech is, right? I care how big the profile is because that's what I can see and shoot at. Um, and so I personally would love to see a rescale happen uh, and rescale just by profile. Sure. You know, pick what you feel should be the smallest mech in the game and what you feel should be the biggest mech in the game. And then just distribute along that curve on a profile, you know, sure. sense something along that. I mean, you know, I think I think there's a way to try and do it in a more formulaic. You know, I think that's what they wanted, right? They wanted a formula. They wanted to be yeah. consistent. You know, not this arbitrary Chris or whoever designer UI guy or whatever it is decides. You know, this mech needs to be this big and this mech needs to be this big. But having a mathematical formula, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it was just implemented. Yeah. in the wrong way if you ask yeah. me i mean and, and if we're honest here it wasn't a problem until it was a problem because at the very beginning of the game we were all potatoes we really didn't understand <laughs> yeah. i mean really i mean you look back at like 2012 like oh yeah i look back i'm like someone could do this too if you're watching listening go to no guts no galaxy go to our very first like <laughs> videos like uh, it was a completely different game i'm running I'm around i don't have video record of that oh for my me, gosh at least like personally. i've got like my setups, I used to run like an AC2 on like a Centurion with SRMs and media. Mm -hmm. But like I pulled it off, doesn't mean it was right. But at the time, like, you know, it's revolutionary, you know, like, uh, yeah, no, not really. But um, yeah, man, like, okay, so we've talked a, a little bit. We've talked about scale, we've talked about skill tree uh, UI. Let me ask you about you, you say bringing players back. Yep. Um, what about? new blood how do you feel about uh i think it's experience? necessary i think it's absolutely necessary to uh, any game is going to have churn right i mean sure. any game is going to have people coming and going sure. right uh, cyberpunk's coming out yeah like, uh, there's new you know, games like, coming yeah. out uh, you know and fact of life i mean i know this we're in some ways fortunate that this game attracts an older player base and you have literal mech dads out there but at the same time, you know, there are people who just stop playing because of whatever life circumstance yeah. is thrown at them. Work, uh, family, and that's kid. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And that's natural to the game. So to counteract that, you need to have a steady influx. And really, in a perfect world, you want to have more player, players coming in and joining than leaving, Living right? In, yeah. You know, yeah. growing that player base. So I think it has to be looking at new player. And right now, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a new player. Um, you did the experiment, you know, with the no guts no galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, but I, I think even experienced players can look at the game as it is and say that there's a lot of weaknesses in the new player experience. Um, and not just in gameplay, but again, UI and, you know, sure. I, I won't talk about it anymore, but the skill tree, just get rid of the skill tree, please. It's just yeah. kill them. You know, it's just too much. Yeah. Right. For, for new players. But, you know, you come in and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mechs to choose from. They don't know which one's the best. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all these different game modes, comp play, faction play. So, you know, yeah. you know what, what's going on here? Um, you know, they they do that little trial thing. And, and I know you did it more recently. I, I remember doing it when it first came out. And it's like, you know, here's how to drive your mech. Here's how to press a button and shoot, et cetera. But it doesn't really 
give you anything beyond that. Uh, I'd love to see like a, um, like even if it doesn't explain it, just being like, a, here's some other helpful tips and tricks, like, you know, torso twisting and sticking with your teammates and pressing R to get, you know, I know it has pressing R to get the information, but, you know, kind of a little, I, I'd love to see that fleshed out more. Um, see, I, I, a part of me says that's where, would I want PGI to invest money? Because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. On improving the tutorial, like adding more to it, which could be exponentially longer. It takes longer. And then, yeah. or is there an alternative route where like, ask your community, I'm gonna toss this out there. Because I see this as an opportunity. Ask your community, we want to tackle situational awareness, maybe uh, mech lab, heat management. Like, let's just say the, the yeah. 10 issues. We're challenging you to come up with a video and your video is going to be hosted. And yeah. on, you know, like, you know, like if it's NGNG TV or the beef and if it's good, if it's not like satire and making fun, like just be like, hey, it could even be funny, but just like this teaches you what it is. This is why pressing R is so important or whatever. To me, I wouldn't say, because some people would say, well, it's deflecting responsibility, but I just feel like I would rather yeah. them focus their time and money on something else. And a video is so easy to just watch really quick and be like, smart, oh. smart use of resources. Is that, is that crazy? Like, no, I don't think okay. that's crazy. I think, so I think there should be a, like a tutorial, you know, when you go to, I've actually got the game in the background here. I guess there's the Academy, whatever. Um, you know, I think there should be a, you know, a button. So if you click the Academy, right. And it goes, launches you into your tutorial, it should, it should have like, you know, tutorial, but then below that, it should have like, you know, a button that you click to take you to a video that you can look at, right. You know, help videos or something, right. Stuff that's in game, right. If you had a video in game like that, or even just my thought was kind of a similar thing, but say you do your tutorial and then afterwards it shows you a couple of like animated gifts even right that just say like torso twisting can help you protect damage and it shows a mech like twisting yeah. back and forth with incoming fire sort of thing yeah. just even like a five second yeah. gif that pops up just to put the idea in their heads yeah um you know i think there are things that can be done without making a longer playable tutorial because that costs more resources yeah. and i'd love to see pgi take more advantage of some of these community resources yeah. because it saves them time and money from a business yeah. perspective and it makes the community feel more involved yeah. right you know yeah. and i just so look I at it as a great idea I, I i just look at it as it's just like anything in life i see a a want and need for something right new player needs more information and if yep. something's not being done, just take that and run with it. Like I've told like content creators that like, like if like, uh, whether it's mech builds or whatever, or community, like perspective, do it yourself. If there's a, if there's a need and want there, cause you're going to fill a niche. But I, I feel like the biggest issue I saw from a new player experience, obviously my gameplay wasn't indicative of a new player, but was yeah. money. Like one, I think we should be giving them a mech and it yep. should be like, a solid rounder choice like a medium or a heavy that's like across yeah. the board and i settled on the linebacker h because it's like it's fast it's agile it's one weapon system it's super easy it's all torso mounted 
there could be decent other firepower. Yeah, yeah, decent firepower. You can get in out. I mean, yes, there's others. There's Warhammers. There's this and that. I just feel like not giving the player a mech. All the other games do. World of Tanks, World of Warships. They give yep. you a ship. They give you a tank. Like they you start with something. You start with something, and then um, they can improve on it. They can experiment. And the problem I have with the game right now is they can't experiment without spending C bills that are super important. So maybe that first mech is like a, you know, like it doesn't cost anything. I don't know. Like yeah. it's their one mech they can play around forever. Now the argument is, well, they're not spending money. Well, they're not going to spend money on the game like MC if they're having bad experience and they're always broke. Yeah. So to me, you it's just like first, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. like and outside, yeah, like and then um, Navid uh, and a bunch of others brought up good points, which is like there's no new player mech packs like there's not like a consensus the community says hey a starter bundle a starter but like oh my like that's a perfect it's not super expensive it covers the basics it gives them a lot of opportunities but they're you know you throw it out there i don't know 10 20 dollars 15 i don't don't know whatever it is like Mm -hmm. you don't have those options so to me the biggest hindrance is they need time to experiment but they don't have the funds to be able to do it because yep. the only way to learn is to spend money, and that's not a good way. Two wrongs don't make a right here. Just because we yeah. did it doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Eve players, you know what I'm talking about. Just because I suffered back in my... It doesn't make a right, okay? Yeah. Um, two, uh, it's cool that they get cadet bonus. Uh, why are we... Why, like, I don't think they should... Uh, tier three? Like, it is such... Yeah, don't. I understand maybe why. I guess the argument could be they started in PSR, they're three and a half because let's just say they're an okay player. It's easier to move up. They're not having to work through five, you know, like all the way from five, you know, and then you put them. But man, how matchmakers right now, man, you drop in and you see a cadet and I'm a tier one player. I'm like, well, they've got two of them. We just won. Yeah. You know, like that's. brutal maybe maybe if you get the player base up then you can do that but yeah uh you know um i don't i I really think it's it's a couple things it's you know like you said it's it's adding more to the the gameplay tutorial be that videos gifts whatever it may be um adding in uh a mech lab tutorial something please for the mech lab here's the buttons that you click to do stuff right um even if it's just like tool tips that you mouse over like at the, or like uh the example that just came to mind is you know whenever google comes out with a new gmail like update they have like you know let's give you a little tour of this button does this I just, and this i hear beef that. that's all i hear is it, like i can imagine beef being <laughs> yeah. like oh uh, you know like uh you think you know like doing excel in an atlas is cool you know like i could almost seem like no don't do that shit you know like oh no, no. <laughs> you know like i could be like be like do this instead you know I, i'm yeah I'm, i can't do his voice He's, but no like, one can do beef but that's what i'm saying like i could see a niche where why obviously like it takes why a lot of time resources? and it yeah. and it takes a lot of time and effort for them to do scripted and all this you know blah 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 just ask the community, you create these and we'll have literally them on our website. Like if you're a new player, listen to this. When it, it pops up, you know, in-game. you go to the academy and it should list out yeah. these videos. Just watch yep. these videos. Like I, this is the quickest way. I would way. foresee in a, in a perfect world, you 
I'm Joe Schmo, new player. I get on, I go to the academy. The first thing it does is it gives me a little playthrough tutorial, and you're like, oh, cool, stop your robots. And then it says, you know, at the end of the academy, it pops up and says, watch these videos for more information and a list of videos on whatever gameplay basics, this, that. And I say, okay. And I watch the videos if I want to. And if I want to go back to them, they're still there. And it's a link that I click in the game. I would almost prefer to have the videos in the game. Just play the video in the game. Forget, you know, whatever. But say, okay, I'm done. And now I go to the mech lab. I click the mech lab button. What's this? When I click that button, I want a video to pop up. A first time, the first time I ever clicked that, Joe Schmo yeah. coming in. The first time I clicked that, it's the beef. It's whoever. It's you. Yeah. It's you know someone. It's in, like, hey, I know this is daunting, but don't worry, we're yeah. gonna walk through this. Like it's you know, nothing. It's like, like, welcome new mech warrior. You know, this yeah. is your mech lab. This is where the magic happens. Whatever, and kind of just a like one minute explanation. First time I ever click the mech lab, I get a video explaining it. I think that would do wonders. Then you stick everyone in tier five because a new player should never play against uh, experienced players if you can avoid it. And you have them play. You give them a cadet bonus. I think your idea of giving them a mech is great because the whole thing, the whole new player experience, the first week of them playing, one, I don't think you should ever expect them to spend money in that first week. And two, it should basically be just focused on them having a good time. If they have a good time, then they're going to want to keep playing. And then you say, you know, you might have a pop-up that shows up there saying, you know, enjoying the game. Here's a starter bundle, you know, get five mechs of various types and classes, you know, a good variety for whatever, 25 bucks or something. And you know what, if they're having a good time playing the game, I think you'd get a good number of people doing it. But I think there's there needs to be a focus above all on bringing in new players and and everything else is secondary, you know, sure. monetization, etc. The more players you have, the easier that becomes. Yeah. Gameplay, you know, quality of matches, the more players you have, the better that becomes. The new player experience, I think it's one new player experience and two getting people to like know that the game exists. Is another thing, right? Marketing, you know, yeah. Mark, yeah. What's it? Yeah. You know, see, uh, mark, yeah. Marketing is is whatever that consists of. Yeah. Literally, ads on Facebook. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know how. Instagram, yeah. Marketing, YouTube, you know, the, yeah. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of yeah, yeah. No, there's I, avenues. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. I would even go so far, and this sort of goes to the monetization. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot and will not step out of my bounds and say mechs are too expensive or too cheap because I've never bought mechs as far as with my money. They are. I bought premium time recently for my other account. I bought that. Okay. So I, what I try to do is I say, okay, I can see that I don't, I don't have that knowledge, but are they out of whack with other free to play games of equivalent world of tanks, world of warships? And if they are, I also have a problem with that. If you're spending money, if you buy, regardless if it's a uh, uh, hero, if it's if you're just buying the uh, with MC, you should get in this current. You should get all the skill nodes unlocked, or at least half of them, or something. You should get something for there's it. no value uh, other than oh, you're buying the Mac for MC, but you're spending real money. Obviously, if I'm buying it for C bills, yeah, I should have to grind. 
I'm choosing that. Yeah. Like that's the, the the whole idea of premium time and or premium mechs or using money is to reducing the grind. Reducing the grind. So yep. right off the bat, like thirty, and it is crazy because you can look at like the cat cataphract bundle, um, versus one direwolf ultraviolet. Yeah, and it's like you don't get any skill. You don't get you don't. There's no, yeah. and you know, again, because of the current game or whatever, it's like, uh, it's this weird disproportional pricing scheme based on the size of the mech, whereas it's not the lethality of the mech, which is the real <laughs> yeah. important part. Um, well, and you know, I, it's been a while since I, I, I have bought mechs before. I, um, was the proud owner of the full clan wave one and clan wave two mm. after I just trashed the clans earlier in those mm. podcasts, I did You're buy both ways. You know, both, if both you can't beat them, you got to join them. Right. I mean, is that what you're that's yeah, right. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. The storm crow. Do you have, that was most fun. Do you have, do you have a gold Timby sitting in there? Uh, no, I have no gold max. I was not, not to that. I, I, at the time I was in school doing that. So I really shouldn't have even been buying the, you know, I mean, that was a couple hundred bucks for, yeah, that was for a those lot. things. Right. You yeah. know, and, and I, uh, really should not have been doing that. Um, but yeah, it's too expensive. I just, gotcha. it's flat okay. out too expensive. I, I, again, I've stated this at the beginning and I'll go back to it. I think that we shouldn't be the game, you know, I mean, okay, leave the bundles as they are, whatever. The monetization of the game anymore shouldn't be about selling mechs because that there's so many of them. Like we talked about, that causes all these balance issues. You've got to constantly add new stuff, add new stuff. How are you get people to buy these mechs? Then you've got to balance them. Then or you, you do what you said. In. You do the the battle pass. I think. And when you release new mechs, good. it's via the premium one. So you have to pay a, the subscription for the season. Like, yep. oh, we're releasing the urban mech 2c you know like hey and if you yeah. want that you're gonna well one you're gonna have to grind and play x amount of matches and then you're yep. also gonna have premium and the regular battle pass for uh you, that's not available like yeah. is that i mean yeah. I, I think you could do something like that like i said i i personally would almost rather see the battle pass just be getting a free mech of your choice out of the ones that already exist but that's because i think there's enough mechs in game as it is but i understand they would bring it out mechs. That, they would bring in new max yeah so mechs. yeah but i think i think instead of doing the bundles yeah a, a subscription thing and you you um you know you spice that up by all those intermediate levels that you're going through you get you know cosmetics and sure. stuff that are minor yeah. you know minor things but there's you know still something to get right yeah. a, a decal or here. yeah war horn yeah. that this yeah. and that to make it so it's not just you're paying to get a mech at the end of the sure. you know at the end of the tunnel here um, but you know, again, I come down to the focus needs to be on bringing and retaining new players and then giving them the option to spend money on the game. But, yeah. you know, if there's no one around playing the game, you're not going to be able to make money on it. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's the ultimate goal. And then, you know, tweaking how it's monetized. I think, you know, I'm a fan of the battle pass idea, but that doesn't mean it's the right idea, right? I mean, you and I are talking about that, but we both admitted throughout this conversation that, you know, they're just our opinions and it doesn't necessarily make them right. Yeah. And that's where it, you know, this whole yeah. conversation is all tying back all together, right? It comes back to the communication, soliciting feedback from the community, uh, as well as, you know, communicating with the 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 player base at large. This is what we're thinking sure. rather than a... Draconian, this is, this is what we're doing and yeah. deal with it. You're going to eat it. Yeah. 
All right. Um, let me uh move you move the conversation forward a little bit. Um, okay. is there a lot of words for Solaris? No. <laughs> Okay. Neither uh, did Russ. Okay, Russ good. basically said the yeah. same thing. Um, were you surprised by his candid nature at all when it came to that? I think Solaris. No, they rebranded uh, the game. Yeah, they rebranded the game. I think Solaris is the one flop that I think PGI recognized was a flop. Um, like the first week. The first week, yeah they they yeah. pushed for it so hard and then i think they actually realized it doesn't add to the game um you More know buckets. you could have just made yeah. a 1v1 lobby like for private lobby sort of thing right you know and that's all that really matters um i i i can't talk much about it i played it very briefly when it came out i don't play it anymore i don't 1v1 mech warrior doesn't interest me yeah um, i think it's a totally different game, you know. You know all the all the things that make Mech Warrior Mech Warrior, and all the things that define how uh, a match plays out, positioning, the builds you bring, this and that. You know, I'd say seventy five percent of that gets thrown out the window when it's just you and one other opponent. Legs, or you go for right? the torso, CT, yeah. DPS. You know the okay, yeah, it's you know, like... it. So no, I don't have anything for Solaris. Uh, frankly, they could remove Solaris, and I wouldn't care. Um, but if you were asking me what to do uh, going forward, I would say just leave it. The people that play Solaris will play Solaris, and you know. But I wouldn't try and build the game around a one v one. I mean, that just agree. that doesn't you know. Do you, uh, me and Darren were were talking. Do you think there's merit to converting? Or you keep the one v ones, but instead of two v twos, you do eight v eights. Would that be? Because there's nothing stopping the like the comp queue or whatever. Like yeah. I don't know. Like would competitive players? I, again, they already have the comp queue, so I guess they wouldn't want. But I yeah, guess I, it's tough because it's another bucket. It's just it was done. It's another bucket. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's an emerald. Ignore what I just said. But <laughs> um. All right. So I agree. Uh. I I. I when it landed, I played it for a week and then I never played it again. I have no interest. Yeah, I and can't tell I you did. the last time. I, I mean, now I I will say, it was fun. I forget what tier it was, but I hopped into a Miss Links with ECM and one PPC and mm -hmm. would just troll the Evan Living. And I actually had multiple wins under that thing. Yeah, but I just feel like what people like. Look at what McFour did, like. The, they had free for like they had a big yeah. coliseum yep and it, like, was free you could for, even do, it was free for all you could even do teams if you wanted i guess you could yeah. have done 4v4 or had squads of four lances of four i mean you could have done so much uh i just feel like it was a very missed opportunity yeah. and i i was surprised that they rebranded the game with it you know because it's like <laughs> someone comes in mechware solaris oh solaris button click this and it's like and it isn't yeah it's a completely different experience and it and it it is a it is an experience and it is something i know a lot of people like but it, i i just feel like it it narrow it changes what you know it's either your leg or ct and it narrows what max and what settings and mm. yeah there was a lot of experimentation in that week but then after that it was like yep 
this is this is what it is yeah. this is what it is and there's not there's not the strategy aspect of it right you know so it's you know the mechanics maybe being able to aim being able to twist obviously very critical you know positioning your legs so that you know if you get legged you shield it whatever um all important stuff but your um what's the you know your tactical positioning right yeah. is not doesn't matter right you know i mean yeah. it would have yeah, been interesting really... if they would have done like a 4v4 or mm-hmm. what they d- did is like two people start in the map and then after 30 seconds or 45 seconds somewhere on the other part the yeah. next two pop up and the next or i don't know just something i i viewed it as it should have been and this maybe is the nostalgia glasses uh you know coming in here and maybe this would have been a total disaster but I would have loved to see the, you know, the mech four, you know, just free for all. Twenty-four people just right. fucking. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, like you know, just <laughs> put them in. It's big, and here's Duncan Fisher in the yeah. back, just you know, and have respawns. Have like yeah. four mechs, you know, do the. I don't know. Yeah, it would have been like that. That would have been what I, you know, just you've got your team death match in the regular queue, and then you've got your free for all in Solaris. Craziness, yeah. And, you know, I think that that would have been what I would have gone with. And I don't I don't have the brain power or have spent the time thinking about what could have gone wrong with that. Um, and maybe it, it been, maybe it was just ludicrous. Maybe it was just that's the thing is just it's just ridiculous. stupid, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that's why when Matt brought up like the of some type of event queue, I, I don't know if I'd want a separate bucket, if I'm honest, but like mm-hmm. if it was like. Hey, this weekend, double XP on mediums only, you know, or something like yeah. that. Or hey, this weekend, it's all about those BJs. Let's let's yeah. see it, you know, bonus, you know, like weapons, or, or I don't know, something like that. Just silly, fun. Because I, yeah, my my main issue is anytime that gets brought up, it's not sustainable for population. I think everyone's like, oh yeah, that'd be really cool. You already have population issues, and yeah, like. Let's keep that. And, and that's that brings me up to the next thing, which is faction play. Have you played a lot of faction play? I used to. Okay. Oh, maybe not a lot. I used to play faction play. I've uh, wanted. Occasion. I have played it. Yeah. Throughout its iterations. Yep. I want to play faction play. I want to be so engrossed to where I'm never in solo and group anymore. That's what yeah. I've always wanted. I've wanted to be this like this ebb and flow of big units being able to do big things but it's sort over of, yeah sure but it's like it's sort of like modern armies like the army it's there's the conventional units it takes a lot to move and so but they're really good at their thing right but then you've yeah. got these specialty units that are able to maybe bounce around the map it's just one of those things where that's not what we got and i feel like uh russ through Brian Ekman under the bus on that one. I, I'm assuming Brian Ekman is not with PGI any longer after not, those comments. Yeah. Um, but he basically said, you know, hey, Brian went up there and gave this speech and it was... But again, it goes back to... Um, anyways, I'm not going to reiterate that. But it's just... It's one of those things where... It never lived up can, to it. Yeah. Yes, it never lived up to it. And I always felt like the analogy was... It's like the ship got launched from the docks and there was holes in it. And the entire time of faction play has been just trying to patch in holes. And yeah. there was mistakes along the way. I have no interest in Corridor Warrior Online, the incursion, the siege modes. I think oh. it's, I hate artificial uh, funneling. Um, yep. But I will say this. I guess this is my, qu- like, all the systems that are there 
and what's there mm-hmm. could it be turned around and and could you do like could they take the systems and i guess that's more of a question for you but also everyone out yeah. there listening is like can you take what's there and turn it into something that's sustainable and fun um because i think fun's important but i i've always wanted i've always wanted just this this experience yeah the, just never had to it. me the entire concept behind faction play and by entire concept i mean the base concept when you drill all the way down to what faction play really was about it was putting meaning behind the games that you were playing right when you drill down just strip away everything that happened there it's here i am in my mech shooting bad guys and at the end of the match when the scoreboard says you did it there's something it means something gotcha right as context I, of it's, it has con- yeah it's context right faction play to me always was trying to put context into the matches that you're playing um you know the concept was you're capturing planets you're you know gaining scouting intel you're doing whatever you know all these iterations were trying to put context behind the matches you're playing um can that be done or saved at this point um I think that's a tough thing. I don't I, honestly. I'm not sure I'm the right person to answer it because you know, I when I play anymore, I don't play faction play. I just, I you know, to me, faction play because of the way that they set it up, you know, respawns. And I, I'm not saying respawns are a bad thing and everything, but it in some ways will uh, bring out. It it can bring out the worst things about an MWO match and True. hide some of the best things uh, at times. Um, <clears throat> and what happened for me, you know, when I was playing faction play, cause I think it was the same thing, trying to find that context of why I'm playing the bigger picture of what, what these matches are all about. And uh, for me personally, what that evolved into was competitive play. Competitive play was my context, right? Everything I did at the time. And when I was, you know, at the height of playing, every day, almost every day sort of thing was trying to get better as a pilot or I'm watching matches, casting matches because I'm involved in it. That was my context. But I think I think having that is a valuable thing for the growth of any game. And it's really a, a, just a, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to try and make this context like a faction play sort of thing where you have um, a universe, an in-game universe lore that you're kind of following and you know, capture the galaxy, whatever. Yeah. Or do you, you know, and I think that is a possibility. And then there's the games that go the opposite. They go the comp play route where, you know, there's, you can play it casually just for fun, but the, really the meat of the game, the context of the game is in the competitive environment in the getting better and the, you know, yeah. you know, teams playing against each other sort of thing. There's plenty of games that way too. I don't think either of those are bad ways, but I think MechWarrior unfortunately has tried to do both in some gotcha. ways and i think really i'd like to see them commit to one or the other i, I think it's tough to have both and especially yeah. when you have a small game with a small player base uh you know it's there's big buckets and you kind of have to ask yourself what's the to me that's like what's the heart of the game right are you trying to build a game where the context is being uh you know that competition against other players against other teams uh, against yourself and trying to get better, 
or are you trying to build a game where the heart of the game is in the um I don't want to say story. Story is not the right word, but you know the yeah the, the experience of being in the lore. If you the will. experience, yeah, the yeah, lore yeah, is maybe yeah. the best way to put it. But that concept of like I'm part of this unit that's trying to capture these planets to gain prestige, yeah. both in the game and whatever it may be. Um, and I think I think that decision was never made. I don't think that's ever been. I think it was always a, hey, well, we'll have a comp queue and we'll, you know, kind of invite the comp scene to be involved. And we'll also have this faction thing. And, you know, those are two very different. Because yeah. you could make, because that's how I've always looked at it. I think faction play should be the competitive area. That That's how I, I think faction play should be the yeah. competitive area. And okay. some people aren't going to like this, but it's not for solo players. Uh, if you're not a part of a unit, yeah. I don't think you should be able to drop. You should be a part of a player-made unit. And if you, again, it's weird because of like population dictates a lot because I don't, you know, like you do clan versus just IS, like you do it a a season where you have to commit at the very beginning of the, you know, but then, you know, back in the day when faction play just started to, you had units flip-flopping as well because like, hey, you know, we could take at the time best tech clans and you know blah blah blah. but then you did have some units that go out there and they were uh fighting against that and stuff and because of the lack of uh matchmaking which i think is fine i mean again competitive it should just be you know um i also feel like another problem i've said this from the start is i think a 24 hour queue is a problem because i think it should be this time frame of these matches happening um, and whether I don't know if you schedule matches like if you're the leader of you know clan wolf or whatever that you schedule a raid like you have x amount and that's the difference of like the meta of the systems of like oh well small unit can do like a double jump or and they can do it back and you know like hey you you get one attack you attack this planet if no one shows up you basically you're gaining those resources for you know or something like that yeah I, I don't know like Again, I don't know the, the intricacies. I haven't played forever. Um, I just feel like faction plays, I wanted it to be successful. I wanted it to be something I just dove in and just engrossed me, and it was the best experience ever. Um, I just don't know if... Maybe the answer is nothing is done right now, just sort of like what you said with Solaris. Yeah. And you focus on getting the base experience better and yeah. the new player experience better, and then you take your time and talk and have a real discussion with the community about, you know, like maybe Slayers was a failure, but some of the systems are pretty cool. Like what if, you know, maybe there's an event, something like that. But what about faction play? Let's have that discussion. And what can we do realistically with this that makes a competitive nature? And can you get rid of comp queue? Don't kill me, comp players. What I'm saying is like make faction play the competitive area that everyone's going to. But in doing that, you need to listen to the comp scene and, and, yeah. like, and have so, that discussion. One, I think if you were asking me what you're doing now, I think you have to ignore faction play. What, what faction play requires are changes that I think are too big to take on without fixing some of these base issues, without getting some of the player base up uh, and things like that. I'd almost love to see them just take Solaris and faction play out of the game for now. And bring people, you know, because again, it comes down to this the new rage. player. I'm new player. 
I know. I this People, is me. I've already come no, against no. the clans. No, now I'm coming for your faction play. Faction yeah, play. Oh my god. Mike 2020. He's coming uh, for that spot, guys. He's, I'm so. But this is the you know this is my. Those uh, are the hard decisions know, that Russ has to make. Hard decisions. I think yes. that need to be made because again, I'm a new player. I'm coming in and I'm like, okay, I've got four different options to play from, and maybe not. I don't think they can do comp play, can they? I don't even know how that works. Um. But they've got a bunch of different options to choose from of very different game experiences. You know, uh, quick play, Solaris, faction play. How do they know what to yeah. do as a new player? You're using and, trial mix in, in yeah. faction play? like So, you know, I if you ask me a, a roadmap for getting MWO back on its feet, you know, I'd maybe just for new players, disable faction play and Solaris at least for some amount of time at the, at a minimum for some amount of time. I mean, honestly, I'd love to just get rid of them at this point, but you know, get the base game up, get the player base up. And then I think, well, the ex comp player in me has had some painful feelings inside when you've said things like make faction play comp play. Uh, that might also just be inherent bias to, how the game historically has been sure sure um and i'm not saying it's current form what i, what I would be is like I, you would yeah, change it i think yeah. i'm reflecting on inherent yeah. bias You're like, oh, you know oh, the, yeah. okay the gotcha. eight years of mech warrior that i'm like oh faction play is comp play like i remember yeah. going to faction play with some of my comp teammates and just stopping people yeah, but yeah. you know um which is not fun for either party let me tell you that uh but you know if you're telling me, you know, what, you know, if I was Russ, I would not worry about it at this point. You know, the base game needs to be improved. The base experience needs to be improved more than anything else. And that monetization established. And then I think you're right. I think you go to the community and say, okay, historically we've had comp queue, we've had faction play, we've had Solaris, you know, right now we're just focusing on quick play. We'd like to, and I think you take, I think you smash some of these things together, like you said. Sure. You know, why do you need four different cues? And it comes back to me: what's the heart and soul of this game? Not Mech Warrior, not you know the BattleTech universe in general. What PvP. Is this yeah. game PvP. trying to do yeah. PvP, but is it competitive, competitive. PvP? Yes. Is it lore-based PvP? I think those two things can diverge yeah. on occasion, because as a you know competitive player, right, you're min maxing all you can you're trying to get every advantage you can and maybe if you wanted to do a more lore based system that doesn't quite work right that's i mean if you, wanted to, you know that's mac five i agree i agree don't get me wrong i if you had asked me i would have loved to have seen the mech warrior uh this is i'm just i'm just hitting everyone's buttons at this point. i'd love to see the esports scene had just gotten all the support possible and that's sure. the way that mech warrior had, had gone yeah if you had asked me obviously i'm very biased right i'm not gonna i think say that's right and wrong but i think the the last three years that we had was the like especially the last two mm -hmm. the sportsmanship i saw was on point and i wish that that comp scene would have been there from the beginning the, yeah the, the, yeah, the early people. comp scene was not but yeah but yes again, i think the, that like, early comp scene was not a really a pgi involvement thing 
it was kind of a more natural without the guidance of maybe PGI to say, Hey guys, like stop being jerks to each other. Um, but, uh, obviously that, that's not how the game turned out. Um, and if you asked me right now, like, how would I revitalize? I wouldn't say like, Oh, we need esports back. You know, no, there's things I think with the core game that need to be done before that. But then I think there needs to be, you know, a conversation sitting down, uh, saying, where do we want this game to go? Yeah. Because you know, if you can and, foster a competitive scene in the the context of uh, taking out CompCube, but making making faction play, and so what I'm saying is like you're changing entire faction play. You'd make yeah. it that competitive MW experience. What does that mean? You could do a 2021, 20, 22 World Championship. Yeah. You could do you know things. I mean, that, I you know I'm a believer that one of the easiest ways to grow your game is to have an esports scene people watching it and saying oh that looks like fun i'd like to play yeah. uh i know we had that happen in some of our you know not to a, i think a huge degree but there were yeah. people who joined because they saw on twitch you know oh this is whatever this you know yeah. tournament was going on and wow it's a lot of fun i mean look at some of the you know overwatch you know yeah. dota league of legends you know rocket league all these games these big esports scenes and people join and people watch and they say oh wow that's you know they're pulling in tons of, you know that's advertising in my mind yeah. from a from a base standpoint it's advertising um but you know it comes down to i think mech warrior never really decided where they wanted to go lore or competitive or this yeah. or that and they tried to appease to all parties and then you wind up with kind of uh, half complete solutions to every answer instead of, you know, a good solution to one answer or yeah, one and question. And all the stuff that we've talked about tonight, I think uh, the culmination yeah. of things. And that's, I'm optimistic. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I love Darren and I've worked with him for, yeah. and I've known him for God, almost 10, 10 years now. Uh, you know, I've grown up a lot since then. You know, I've learned yep. so much from him and I know he is a player too. And I feel like that has um, a lot of um, context behind it because all of our previous CMs didn't really play. Yeah. Maybe Nico, maybe a little bit. Uh, Garth played, uh, but it, that was so long ago and, and Tina really didn't. And, and so it's just one of those where like, I think from my understanding is Matt and Darren are being given the the reins here of saying, what do we do next? And mm -hmm. to me, what's nice about this is I don't hear, this may sound really bad. I don't, that doesn't muddy the water with someone else who m maybe internally wants to, you know, like do a design aspect, you know, yeah. like, no, you listen in the community, see if that lines up. And that's why I think it's so important if they can solve the monetization issue or at yep. least investment because that opens the wallet, right? Which is that's yeah. Pandora's box of like being able to open that and you can do everything. But um, yeah, when oh, you get down man. to it, it's a business, right? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, we, it's a game to us. It's a game for most of us. It's our childhoods or yeah. whatever it may be. You know, we grew up Battletech. We've always loved it. So for us, it's, it's our baby for them. It's a business, right? Yeah. And if it doesn't make money, it, why you know you can't do it yeah but uh, it's like on the flip side you're on the outside going we want to give you money yeah make us make us want to yeah. give so you money so that's where like, it, yeah. you know it needs to be a partnership i think yeah. you know it's 
from a business aspect, when you think of it, you know, you have your internal stakeholders, right? If you're using a business term, right? These are the people that you have to answer to. You also have external stakeholders, right? You have customers and ultimately the customer, you know, needs to have some involvement. Otherwise you don't have customers <laughs> if they're not involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think to me, we've talked about so much tonight, but I would, I would kind of say, you know, what I would, if you asked me if I was, if this was my platform for running on the Mech Warrior campaign, you know, elect me for, uh, <laughs> Hey, I think the, we should have a council. To, I don't think having to, one or two, you know, yeah, one or two people Mech Warrior would be, um, soliciting feedback and opinions on every step before making committed, you know, changes. Here's an idea. Let's see what you think. Um, I think, again, using the resources in the community to create those video tutorials, two-minute-long tutorials, one-minute-long tutorials sort of things for the Mech Lab, for some of the basic gameplay mechanics beyond what the regular tutorial has, have them in the game in some form. You can either click and it takes you to YouTube or click and it just plays the video. I think that's key. I think changing the monetization to get away from Mech Bundles and instead doing some sort of subscription-based service Maybe, again, Game Pass, whatever, Battle Pass, whatever you want to call it. Some sort of as you play more, you get more rewards, but you have to pay for the whole subscription sort of thing. Um, doing that. And then uh, basically from a gameplay standpoint, it would be take the skill tree and throw it out. Just put it in the dumpster and never talk of it again. Uh, maybe light the dumpster on fire, whatever you want to do there. Um, you know, essentially the easiest way, if you wanted to tell me, okay, here's the easiest way to get things kicked off to try and do the least amount of work to get the best return, it's use the community to make tutorial videos and put them in game somehow. You have to do the, you have to do some sort of work on the monetization. Yep. I just have to put in the work there. Other than that, I'd revert the skill tree to the old system and do the tiny bit of work to get rid of the rule of three. Hopefully that's a tiny bit of work. But for starters, for starters, not even change it. Things. Yeah, not even not change, even change it. it. Just go back to because the this cool is run, heat containment. Minimum, yep. minimum level of effort. effort yep. in my go mind. back to the modules. Level yep. of effort. Okay. Go down. back to the old way. Get rid of the rescale. Minimum level of effort. Just get rid of the rescale. Do those things, and then add in the starter bundle pack, and I think that would be your minimum level of effort. So, video tutorials made by the community. Um, getting rid of rescale, getting rid of skill tree and going back to the old one with the rule of three, uh, adding a starter pack, a starter bundle that you can buy for sure. a cheap amount for some basic max and changing your monetization. Those five things would be what I would do to start. And hopefully, and again, I don't understand all the behind the scenes. I don't understand all the, the, you know, the history with the code, whether it's been well-maintained, whether it's not, who knows, Hopefully those things are primarily just reverting changes and then, you know, whatever it takes to do the monetization. That's a relatively minimum level of effort that I think will have a large impact on that. Now you'd have to then have Darren or someone or maybe coordinate with the community to do a push for marketing is the other factor to that. So you do all those things with the hope that you're making the new player experience better. Yeah. And then you need to bring in the new players, which, like a, you know, you got to let people know the game exists. Like a... 
you know, almost like a share with friend or like get a friend or two to register or whatever and play 10 yeah. games or, you know, like get a free Mac or something. Yeah. You do. And then your buddies do and blah, blah, yeah. seven days of premium yeah. time, whatever, yeah. you know, dude, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being on here. I know it's uh we, we're, we could probably talk a little bit more about like, uh, you know, possible MW 2.0 or should they go that route or, uh, mm-hmm. but I feel like, uh, I'll just have to have you on again. That's what uh, I'm. I'm happy to be here. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think uh, when it comes down to it, you and I and everyone else that's probably watching this podcast feels the same way. We just love Mech Warrior, and I'd love to see the game come back. I'd love to see the game come strong uh, again, and and you know play it. I mean, back in the day, I was playing seven days a week, you know, yeah. sort of thing. And while I may not do that again, uh, it still would be phenomenal to have this game because. At the end of the day, this game scratches an itch that none of the others do. It's yeah. just, you know, so I'd love to see it, you know, become huge. I'd, I'd love to see MechWarrior Online become the next big, whatever, online multiplayer. Yes. And, I, you know, and you and I and all the folks watching today can be like, we were there when it yeah. wasn't anything uh, and and have watched it grow. So, yeah. who knows? It'd be, Maybe it'd be awesome to do it. You know, 2021 MechCon, 2022 World yeah. Championships, go up to Vancouver again. Like, it'd be awesome. I think, and I think it's possible. It's just, again, uh, a lot of work needs to be done and uh, multiple conversations like this and, of course, others and, and other, you know, like all that going on. But, um, yeah, man, thank you for being on this podcast again. Uh, Mike, you guys know him as MDM0, zero, uh, zero, literally. Yeah, there's zero. an extra zero there, yeah, but most people yeah. just call me MD. Yeah, um, it almost looks like I say "mom zero on that on your on your thing. Sorry, you'll have to. I know see it. I've I've gotten like, that. It's forever. It's um, right. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. You know, and we'll, we'll I'll have you back on here, and maybe in a month, maybe in two months, we'll we'll know more and be like, okay, well, hey, you know, out of those five things, what do you think? You know, like, did any yeah. of this happen? Uh, but yeah, man, thank you again for being on the podcast and uh, well, we'll, we'll talk soon. I'll see you in All Twitch right, chat. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. I'll see you. <laughs> All right, buddy. This podcast is supported by you, the viewer. Please consider supporting in a variety of ways. One, just enjoy the content, like comment, subscribe. So YouTube's algorithm knows what to do with this. Another way you can support if you have the ability right now is head over to the Twitch channel, become a subscriber. It helps tremendously. Again, this is my full-time thing. You're helping me and my wife be able to put uh, well the lights on and, and food in our stomach. So I just want to say thank you. Also, you can become a sponsor of the podcast or maybe a stream. Uh, head over to our Patreon page or maybe if you're wanting to sponsor a stream, just reach out to me on Discord. All these links, of course, are down below. And of course, if you shop on Amazon, if you want to support me without anything adding to your you know your order uh i've got an associates link affiliate link whatever they're calling it now uh all you gotta do is click through it when you guys buy stuff i get kickbacks and it helps me tremendously so check that out maybe you buy stuff for your business or for a store or some whoever you work for uh, or maybe you're looking at buying stuff for the holidays uh all that stuff amazon prime check out those links below just want to say thank you if you are not able to never apologize I understand the world is a little bit topsy-turvy and I just ask if you're, if you're able to and you value my content, consider it. That's all I ask. Just want to say this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast signing off for tonight. I hope you enjoyed the uh, discussion with Mike MDM0. 
We'll have to have him on again. Until next time, Mech Warriors.